hot like hot wings with hot chocolate in hell, it's going off with Rap Critic and Muse. What is that a reference to? <laughs> it's the opening line to the opening song on Macy Gray's second album. <laughs> you said Macy Gray. I was like, oh yeah, that first second album. Ooh, you lost me. Second <laughs> album. Second album. <laughs> a song called Re- Relating to a Psychopath. What? I have only just this past week listened to Macy Gray's debut album the whole way through, front to back. Never, never really thought to give it the time of day. I don't know what the fuck I was doing, man. We did fucking Macy Gray. So dirty. Oh, yeah. That first album is a is a treasure. I remember my, my mom had it back in the day. I am a psychomatic Venus freak when I'm with you. Yo. <laughs> I hate we don't still have Macy Gray kicking it. Pink just released a new album like a few weeks ago. Mm. Macy Gray should still be releasing fucking albums and chart and char- fucking top of the charts. She's next to Khalees and, you know, uh, Sierra with the people who are like, they kind of oh, had yeah. hits, like, kind of, you know, like. <laughs> people should be having her on, having her little features. And that reminds me, because this morning, I also, I will preface it by saying, tried. I'm sorry, mm. RC. What? I really did try. I tried. Um, Just say goodbye, but I tried. What, is that where you go? I know. I tried to listen to mm. ODB's second album. <laughs> It's, um, oh, oh, oh boy. Oh. oh, that sounds like, wait, I think you got to, I feel, I think I feel a request coming down the line. <laughs> I, uh, oh man, what an album. <laughs> I almost made it the whole way through, I will admit. It's not exactly re- rewarding if you're not enjoying what happened so far. Oh. <laughs> It's uh, it's got its moments, man. But it's overall, whew, it's, man. It's one of those things where it's like you know the first album, like it was where RZA was kind of in control of things yes. for the most part. So it's like there's a consistency. It's not perfect. It's definitely dirty and rough around the edges. But that- I enjoyed it for what it was, though. I I also just very recently listened to it the whole mm. way through. I for whatever reason never really gave ODB the time mm. of day either. But yeah, I I liked that like, one. He's one of those guys that like I would never say like he was my favorite. One, he's one of my favorites from the clan. I, like that's what I would say. But I would never say it's like oh yeah. And of course you've got to respect his discography. It's like no, I completely understand. It's a it's an no. acquired taste, right? But it's like it shows how much like personality can still account for something where like so much of his shit will be like arrhythmic and he sounds like he's too close to the mic and then there's like marbles in his mouth or something. like he always sounds like he's talking like there's just something extra in his mouth where he's just like like you hear like either uh, i don't know if it's a speech impediment but it always just sounds like there's too much spit or something you know see <laughs> like, it's funny <laughs> he did not trigger my misophonia as <laughs> as bad as other people do the personality definitely carried the album i'll say that because there were times he would say some just out-of-pocket shit that is just like 
What the fuck is he going on about? What's he talking about? Did you get to a, you don't want to fuck with me? Yeah, I'm fairly certain. I, I think I only, I don't think I heard the last couple uh, songs. I think one, I made it through like 80% of the album. This is the one with the trumpets. It's like, dun, 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 yo, when I'm saying you don't want to fuck with me, I'm not talking to you girls and women. Because yeah. y'all want to fuck it. Y'all want to fuck me? Like, yeah, because y'all want to fuck me. I just love the specific way he says it. Like, he's like slightly stumbles over his words. Like, because <laughs> y'all want to fuck Y'all want to fuck me? It's those parts that, that really make me laugh. Number one, I live in my mama's house. Number two, I live in my mama's house. It's like, you know what? All right. But yeah, I wasn't exactly like... Oh shit, I need to pick up a copy of this one right now. It's like, n- I feel like I can wait. If I see it in like a bargain thing, I might grab it, but yeah, it's not required listening. Yeah, but no. it reminded me of that because we listened to that other one that had Macy Gray on a couple songs. Oh, she was on two tracks, yeah, because that was the industrial, that was the kind of better one. It had Raekwon and Method Man on it. It was kind of like chilled out. And then there was like. The Elton John duo where I was like, uh, 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 let's go to a movie. Oh, which movie? I don't care which movie. <laughs> I just want to fuck on a big salty. What song was it? Don't go break it. Uh, oh, yeah, I was like, don't go, don't break, go break it my heart. heart. Nah, baby. I won't go break it your heart. Uh-huh. Like they both sound like they're weirdly strung out on something. It, like you can imagine. Like the thing about old Danny Patrick is like you can almost imagine him in the studio moving around. You know, like saying the things that he's saying. Must be a monster to master his stuff. And that's that's the big problem. Like because that second album is so, uh, you know torn apart between well you want to gotta do the Wu-Tang stuff oh but we're big now we gotta expand beyond Wu, uh, just RZA because RZA you know there's that sort of small feeling of is RZA holding us back you know so mm. yeah yeah of course you don't want that right like I could be having big hits with people over here if I didn't have to have you know just the dusty loop production like imagine if Wu-Tang or you know Method Man was still just like kind of having hit after hit and then it's kind of like Oh hey, don't you wanna have something at the start of your track that's like a nice shiny hook with a with a singer on it and not just a, a kung fu sample all the time? Maybe you wanna do, you know, something else. You know what I mean? Let's get hot dogs on a stick. <laughs> and then later they're just doing the don't go breaking your heart, don't tear us apart. And then Mason Great is in the background, hot dog on a stick again. Yeah, she just says like some weird random shit, like it's like no one's talking about that shit anymore. You're talking about the salty popcorn. You're talking about ginger ale. And, and now all of a sudden you just randomly got to bring up the fucking hot dog on a stick again. And when there's something where like ODB was like, he randomly starts mumble mouthing and going like, uh, I rap you, down for you, pull up on a nigga and shoot it. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, why are we Probably. going here? <laughs> The lyrics on Genius are a fucking mess. <laughs> so many question marks and uh, yeah, guesses <laughs> and parentheses. 
Macy and ODB, too hot for the chief. F-U-C-K-I-N-G. That's what I'm gonna do with you, baby. What's that spell, she says. Let's go to the park. After dark, ride some bitches. Stab a bitch, N-word. Like, what the fuck? Not even like, oh, I'm doing it for your honor. Yo, let's just go to the, let's start some shit. Let's go to the park and, like, stab somebody. (laughs) And get on your knees. Leave behind you atomic doggies. Then go to the movies. I don't care which movie. I just want a popcorn. Make it salty. Oh my god! And in the background, you hear like a slobbery, like it's like sort of shit. It's like, oh, what's happening? Oh, that's right. Oh god, uh, that reminds me now that um that was a request that a son unique the ODB album. Oh yeah. And uh, we've got a couple requests we got in front of us today, also. But before we get to that, I need to address something I've been seeing some comments about, and there's still some confusion around. People don't understand that new episodes are on a different Spotify page. Mm. They're like, what the fuck? I haven't been able to hear the last, like, three or so episodes. Where are they? Well, first of all... I guess I can't hear this episode of us saying, talking about it right now, so I... <laughs> well, I'm getting I'm getting those comments on the YouTube videos, so oh. they're still listening. Oh, okay. They're okay. just listening on YouTube instead, but they can't find them on Spotify, so mm. I keep having to link them. Gotta get them plugged in to the extended universe. And also, just like the internet doesn't really make, you know, small content creators the easiest to find in general when we're trying to tell people about things that we're doing. If you search going off under podcasts and shows, the first two, at least for me, it might be biased because it's it's me, but they come <laughs> up. And one says going off. The other one says going off podcast. The one that has the multicolored background, it has RC, Cheesin, and it's got me with with red hair and makeup on. You're going to want to click that one. That's the more recent one that has all the most recent episodes. And also... A couple old ones, because I re-edited a couple of the very first episodes, and I'm trying to go through the old episodes, get them posted, things that haven't been online in years. You know, it's so funny. It's like, we, we, we're so, like, oh, bashful and, and, and ashamed. We're like, oh, our stuff is uh, not great. Let's re-edit. And it's so funny. Like, I listen to, like, other podcasts, and I'll have moments where, like, I'll be listening, and then all of a sudden, they'll stop talking, and I'll be like, wait, what's happening? And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, somebody, the person who edited, fucked up, and, like, <laughs> you know, forgot. Yo, I, so I have to fast forward a couple of minutes. <laughs> and that shit happens to me sometimes, not as not as often as it used to. <laughs> it used to happen a good bit more. I'll be listening to a podcast, and I'll just be like, do they just, like, not edit as much? Dude, like, I, I sometimes be wondering, and I'm like, these will be big podcasts, too. Like, I'm like, I thought these guys would, you know... See, that's the give and take. It's the catch-22 of having somebody who edits the podcast, a.k.a. yours truly, who's extremely neurotic about how the show is going to sound. I take out the uhs and the ums, the pauses. It's a very, very, very tight-sounding podcast. And I realize that no one else really does it like that. (laughs) You're looking around and you're saying, was I, was I trying too hard? <laughs> yeah, was I trying too hard? No one else really cares about that shit too much. And 
that's probably how the, the turnaround is so quick and why going off takes so mm. long to get posted because artisan crafted podcasting folks that's what you oh, get. yeah <laughs> you got blood sweat and tears in this one as i mentioned before before i got slightly sidetracked if you have an album that you want to request to be reviewed on a future episode you got to head on over to our kofi that is ko-fi.com slash going off g-o-i-n-o-f-f and i don't need to tell you folks it's been popping over there lately oh man so if you want to be where the action is <laughs> you gotta head on over to kofi.com slash going off because you don't want to be left in the dust yeah yeah get a piece of the action yeah we've got two extremely different <laughs> albums no doubt. before us today uh-huh this is an interesting trade-off, RC, because I know when we have an album that's hip-hop and an album that's not, we typically leave the hip-hop for the main event. Mm. I'm looking at a two, a fucking four-side, hour-and-a-half classic rock epic over here, and I'm like, I don't know, man, that might need to be the main event. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> So do we lead with Rockus? Yeah, let's lead with Rockus Sound Bombing 2. Oh. This was requested by the next guy. Thank you very much. <laughs> the critically acclaimed follow-up to the, I guess, successful Sound Bombing 1? That's right. In like all, you know, uh, video games that I've played, I'm always uh, on the second one first. So let's do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. Mm -hmm. That was me in 92 playing Street Fighter 2. I didn't know anything about Street Fighter. Then I look at it and I say, oh, God. This game is ugly yeah, as hell. So, it's so fascinating. Like, video games are the, I think, the only medium where it's like the first one is not the good one. <laughs> That's the trial run. Uh, yeah. That's the, we gotta, we gotta get our figure The second one is like, okay, now we gotta figure it out. Now we figure Except, out what I guess, in like. Legend of Zelda, because uh. everyone says the second one isn't as good because it's like a side-scrolling hmm. RPG and not a top-down. But that just comes down to preference, really. So everyone is on this album, RC. The sky is dark for all of the stars of hip-hop are on this freaking album all in 1999. All the stars are here tonight. Look, I, you never thought you'd see Mos Def next to goddamn Eminem on an album. Uh, Mos Def showing up a lot more than Eminem does, but... <laughs> see, this apparently, and I was kind of surprised to even see Eminem on this, but this yeah. was... Eminem's last guest appearance yeah. on an indie release like yeah, this. Yeah, it's so crazy. <laughs> this is a swan song, because I was like, 99? Hmm. Almost feels like he might be a little too big It's one this. of those things where it's like, they recorded it at a certain point, and then, you know, it's set on for a little while, and then like, oh shit, he, he's heating up. <laughs> you know? And, but I was also very excited because I was like, yo, this is going to be fucking 1999, 1998 right. Eminem voice. Hitting at the pitch. Yeah, like, oh. Uh, uh, in rare form. And, 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 like, it's one of those things where I, as the album started off, it's like, oh, oh, they got to put the white boy first, huh? They got to put the. And then you're listening to the song, like, but damn, he is pretty good, though. I mean, I got <laughs> You know, I got to say it. I got to say it. Mmm. It's one of the weaker songs on the album. Okay, I actually, like, here's my thing. I feel like all of these songs end weaker 
then they should like hmm. even, and I feel like that's what puts a damper on them because I feel like I really liked this song and something about the way it ended just kind of felt like I, is that the punchline is that the go out thing you know what I mean like oh my daughter scribbled over my lines like that's oh, like a silly yeah, little okay. thing right before we go to the hook and then a third verse like you know what I mean yeah it ends with him saying some 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 something I get weeded yeah. my daughter scribbled over that rhyme I couldn't read it damn and I'm like that's that's kind of cute. I don't know what it's doing here, though. <laughs> the thing about this is, especially if you go to the Genius, like, you could see the sort of, like, oh, you can't even follow from track to track. It's like, oh, this actually was on so-and-so's album. This is on R. the Rugged Man's album. This is on Talib Kweli's album. So, like, a lot of these are like, oh, here are these Lucy's, these kind of, like, you know, ideas. Is this something, you know, that, that's what a lot of these songs kind of are. And I, 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 as a hip-hop fan, can appreciate it for what it is and be like, oh, hey, here's these gyms. Like, oh, shit. Like, you, you would have never heard this Eminem song if it wouldn't have been for this. You know what I mean? Like, I can appreciate it on that level. This was kind of an outtake from the Slim Shady LP. It was, it was a demo released on the Slim Shady EP, I think, or the demo. Yeah. And then it just was never officially recorded for the album. And guys like Mos Def, like, my thing with most Def has always been like, oh man, you know, the super lyrical cat and he's a triple threat. He can act and sing and do that. And it's like, he's always been so inconsistent. Like mm. in terms of a longer career, like it's like, uh, you know, that first album, black on both sides. Oh, absolutely. Untouchable classic. And then, uh, he's, he's been very experimental, but I am not motivated to listen to any of it. And it's like, I've heard reviews of people going like, no, this isn't like some sort of a, oh, you're missing out by not giving him, you know, the, no, like it actually is legitimately inconsistent experiences. Like he does the sort of like, you know how when you do the rapping thing of like, I'm rapping, it sounds really impressive, but if you really listen, I ain't really saying shit. Like the ballistics is sadistics and I'm kicking the ballistics or charistics, you know, <laughs> it's that sort of flow where you're just like, okay, but this is, a, you know super ill nothings like you know what i mean like yeah mm. yeah i thought to lead with eminem makes a lot of sense he's oh, a really sure. fucking big name you know this is like is the less we're gonna get from him mm. but i did write down this was what stan was going crazy over oh because <laughs> he fucking references this song yeah. in in the letter that shit you did with ruckus it's like oh shit that was this and I did quote, because this was impressive, uh. give me 11 Excedrin, my head'll spin, medicine, get me revving like a 747 jet engine, yeah. that's hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, the rest of it, though, oh, you is so try-hard, even for Eminem standards, like... Oh, sure, this is horrorcore for its own sake, like, that's why it's on the Lucy, but I did like that one lyric, what was it, uh, uh talking about his mom and, and being in his stomach, where he's just like, uh... I, I slid oh. his stomach over with a scalpel when I was six months and said, I'm ready now, bitch. Ain't you feeling these kicks, cunt? <laughs> That's fucking hot. Yeah, I like that. But it's like very surprising for 1999, Eminem is the only one spitting homophobic shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's taking all the boxes here. He's like throwing out racist stuff. He's saying wait, homophobic he was, wait, stuff. Where was that? <laughs> A brainiac with a cranium packed full of more uranium than a maniac Saudi Arabian. And it's like, all right. And then later he says, um, high speed IV full oh. of Thai weed looking Chinese with my knees stuck together like, like Siamese. Chinese. 
And then he has to say, oh, uh, Siamese no. twins joined at the groin like, like, like lesbians. <laughs> and then he says, oh, I God. hope God will forgive me for my sins. It'll probably all depend if I keep uh, killing my girlfriends. Eminem, yeah. we can't take you anywhere. You're incorrigible. <laughs> You're such a little scamp. All the mischief you get into. Uh, then we get um, the high and mighty featuring most deaf and mad skills oh, wait, b-boy wait. document 99 where, where, where are you going we've got to talk about this kids <laughs> oh that's right how can i be so foolish oh, oh goodness rc i will say when i was already staring down the barrel of an hour and a half beatles record and then I saw how many tracks were on this one. I was like, oh boy. Oh, I was man. patting my forehead because I was sweating. Spectacular. <laughs> then when I noticed how many of these songs were just little intro skits. Oh, that was a saving grace. I was like, okay, this ain't so bad. It didn't make the full experience less annoying overall, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we necessarily needed intros to, like, every song. I don't think we needed two skits out of an album. <laughs> like, what, what are you no, doing? No, no. What are you doing? <laughs> I did forget about those also. Yeah, we got an intro, and then, like, okay, but this is the real intro. <laughs> like, like, no, you can't do that. Can you? Nobody likes that. Like, this is the thing, right? Like, just who, get to the good shit. I see Eminem is right there. Right, get to the point. When are we gonna get to the Eminem factory? Such a around the corners. I hear him. I hear him doing his shit. He's right over there. He's got the 98 speech. Like, oh shit, he's right over there. Check him out. I just don't uh, understand. No, I gotta listen to fucking like five, six minutes of intros. Oh, someone just going, hey, look, it's this guy. That is that guy. Is like, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> You're like, this is good. This is good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me go. Wait, wait, before you get there, we gotta introduce you to our couple of friends before we get... Like, that's what this album is, it feels like a party, where you like the, oh, yeah. the cool guys in the next room, but because you came with this guy, he's gotta introduce you to his fucking friends, you're like, God, fucking damn it. Hey, this guy's back in town, you haven't seen him in a while, that's cool, oh shit, he's got that job, yeah, that's great, that's great, that's great, that's really great, I, I missed you all, but where's the fucking dog, I gotta pet the dog! <laughs> I know the dog is in the kitchen! <laughs> and, and it's the most useless <laughs> We're looking at each other! <laughs> like, there's no... I, like, I cannot remember what was the difference, even the difference between the intro and any man intro. Like, what, what significantly no. like, happened differently? No! <laughs> uh... And I wonder, like, you, you know, because there's the thing, like, us just listening to us, like, I, I always think about this, right? Like, most people, they just think about the, their experiences of listening to it. But I always like to think, like, someone sequenced this. Someone has to go, yep, we're going to oh. have the intro, and then we're going to have no, no music yet. First, we got to just play another, yeah, have another skit. Yeah, they're going to love that. Like, who, who is the, I, I need a name. <laughs> I'm very curious about the sequencing on the Beatles record, too, but we'll oh, get there. <laughs> anyway, so, well, I I, I like the uh, any man fucking crazy joint, but yeah, I definitely see the sort of a Swiss cheese holes in the in the armor there. B-Boy document. Uh, most was definitely the best. This album was yeah. mostly a 
certain case of the names you know are bringing the best and the names you don't you could maybe skip <laughs> i i liked most steps in the opening verse big step down with mad skills but I thought Mr. Eon saved it. No, you're right. That actually, is. yeah, yeah, actually, he was pretty nice. <laughs> it was just that middle part. Yeah. But we fucking saved it at the end there. But then, oh, man, we got fucking Pharaoh Monch. Oh, yes. With World War Three. Wait, wait, wait. Preceded by the oh. World War Three intro, which... Of course. What the fuck happened on that again? Was it just more people introducing themselves or something? I think it's just like record scratching and then they kind of introduce the people a little bit. It's like, okay, that's fine. You could probably get that done in like 20, 30 seconds, honestly. Did you notice that like the beginnings of lots of songs would be like a minute in before the rapping would start? You're just like, yeah, guys, get to the point. Like, You're like this could have been in the intro. What are we doing? I'm not here to hear their name being scratched for a minute and a half. I'm here to hear them. <laughs> Man, this is where it fucking really kicked in for me. Mm. And I even have a couple quotes here. Cleverly beginning them with synonyms when I went in the homonyms, <laughs> extended them out, defended them with linear raps and bombing them. <laughs> it's like, I even fucked that up. But, yeah, but you, know you what guys hear where he's going with this. Like, it's so like, whoa. <laughs> Wait on my back like Atlantis. Our oh. tactics to hem them like denim and uh -huh. pin their backs to the canvas. Like, mm. okay. Mm. Yeah, no, Pharaoh also fucking shows up for sure. Man, we need to listen to some Pharaoh Monge sometime. I, I feel like he's also been one that kind of gets It's been up. too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to fuck with Pharaoh Monge so mm -hmm. hard. And Put yeah, your it's. Hands up against the wall and spread them. <laughs> Opposition. We just stabbed them. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> I will say, though. <laughs> I thought Mayor was kind of mid. You didn't like Mayor? Oh, I, I love Mayor. Not as Mayor. much as that one, no. <laughs> I thought that one was crazy. Maybe I'm just a sucker for the 1990s action comedy, uh, uh, comic book action rap verses, and especially with that really high, like, synth part that was going... Like, it just felt like the, the comic book pages were flipping. And it was like, oh, man, I, I shot the mayor the intrigue because, you know, he, he's been starving the people of the city. And, you know, my dad lost his job. So I'm like, fuck it. At least I shot the mayor. Like, ah, I liked it. Yeah, I don't know. Compared to everything else and especially the other song I heard Pharaoh Monch on, I don't remember that one being oh, as hot. Muse wasn't enthused. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of the Stanley Kubrick joint, the R.A., the Rugged Man joint? Um, I don't think I heard that. Did you look up Wait. the uh, YouTube playlist and because some of the I, songs? I mean, I had to do a lot of skipping around. Yeah, but but some of the songs are, are left off accidentally. I had to flip around. I saw a couple of them that weren't in the playlist I'd found, but no, I didn't hear an RA one. Damn it! The Stanley Kubrick one. It was actually, <laughs> that was a pretty solid one. Yeah, yeah. A message from Q-Tip, I think. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, guys, it's Q-Tip here to tell you to keep doing the thing that you're doing. Q-Tip, sound bombing, it's it's a thing. The album is happening, and it will continue to happen. And I'm here to say, 
continue doing it. It's like, oh my God, like they don't say anything. Like I hate these on albums. <laughs> Ever since the first album I remember hearing it on that Karis One album, where it's just like, yo, this is DJ so-and-so, this is DJ da 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 Here's a bunch of people who, probably important if you know who we are, but like, if you don't, it doesn't matter. But you know, we, I've got, you got cool points for having this person on the album. So here I am to say, here I am to be the person who yeah. gives this person cool points. I'm like I don't care. Luckily, that's the only song I didn't hear. I'm looking at the, the the official track list, and I heard all the other ones, so we're good there. Uh, so then there's Crosstown Beef intro, which I think is just another yeah. like music thing. And then I think uh, Crosstown Beef is a solid joint. Uh, I think they they hold their own pretty well as far as like you know illustrating the stories. Medina Green is a group. Consisting of DCQ, oh, yeah. Jaborn, mm. and Most F. Oh, I see. So Mo- Most F uh, just making the rounds. It's a, this is a uh, leaders of the new school situation oh, where it's like, oh, right. it's me and my group. It's like, yeah, sure. It's not just you and then a couple of other people. Like, yeah, no, it's just it's uh, look at us on a group cut. Yeah, don't you know the whole group? Don't you remember this whole group? What didn't he call them like the UAC at one point? He shouts them at yeah, the UAC, no. and I was like. No one knows who that is. What are you talking no. about? That's absurd. <laughs> I was like, UAC? I was like, that's, I thought it was like maybe like a joke about like the UAC, the, you know, 1950s censorship board or whatever the heck or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I was like, UAC? What is that? No one knows who that is. And you know, the thing about most Def is like, it's always been this weird thing where it's just like, he is convincing as a rapper, but not fully convincing as a rapper. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a certain level of him who's like, I know that you are an actor who originally started acting first. And there's a level of this that is like, you know, it, it's kind of a pose. You know what I mean? Like at a certain level, right? Like, mm. it's like, I'm doing rapidy voice and it's time for rapidy rapid. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's time for rapidy rapping. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, if, if the, the thing is, if the songs were more fully structured in ways that were like lyrically just dope all the way through. I could ignore that, but then there's some parts where it just feels like a little bit like it's about just putting on the voice of the rabbity rapid thing where I can feel like, was that a dope bar? Or was that a filler bar? And I'm supposed to think it's nice because, well, at least it's not over a jiggy beat in 1999. You know what I mean? Like, there's that sort of feel, you know, like, you know, I, I just noticed something here and I'm mad about it. Um, Between Stanley Kubrick and Crosstown Beef. It was a message from Jay Live and Prince Paul. Yeah. And Prince Paul doesn't produce any of these cuts. <laughs> He's just on here leaving a voicemail message. How many people in the 90s were just like, I am in no way affiliated with, like, uh, you know, 20% of the projects that I've even been involved in. It's just me calling someone and leaving a message. <laughs> Like, yep, I exist, and everyone knows who I am, and so here's me lending credibility to this guy. Like, That's how Dre can get a fucking award for To Pimp a Butterfly, because he fucking left a voicemail message mm. in the beginning. <laughs> 7XL by Sir Menelik. Yeah, what a name. Sadat <laughs> X and Grand Poobah. Okay. 
this was a solid cut, even though yeah. I really didn't know what the fuck was going on half the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. It was <laughs> I could not follow Sir Menelik's verse to save my fucking life, but it was solid. But he was going all over the place and so fast <laughs> that I had no idea what he was talking and, about. And my thing is, the first two verses are really good. The last verse, I think it was Sedat X. What? Okay, yeah. What, what was that guy tell going me, on about? Tell me why Sedat X had to say this, okay? Over on 8th Ave or up at the tomb, what's an N-word to assume if you lead me to the room? It ain't all cool. I'll still wild out and pee in the pool. Then cap a fool for a thing that was in high school. We were doing so well. I don't know why you thought that was necessary. Well, here's the thing. It's like, it's preceded by, it was like, like, brand newbie in the name. We live long in the annals of fame. Like, oh, respect. Put some respect on the name of brand newbie. And if she says she don't get down, well, then that's just game. She ran the same shit yesterday with Bird, from what I heard, over on 8th or over the What's a nigga to his if you lead me up to your room? I mean, it's like, wh wait, what? <laughs> I thought it was like the infamous brand Nubian respect us or you know what I mean get the fuck out of the way and it's like but I mean come on this girl was leading me on I mean I, <laughs> it's like what why is he peeing in the pool <laughs> how does that lead it to <laughs> it's like, I don't know why what? It's like, you we're, we're epic, uh, incredible people, and then, yeah, that chick said she didn't want to fuck me, but she fucked that other guy, I mean, come on, you know, she led me up to her room, I thought, oh, you just want to smoke weed, play video games, I thought he was going to fuck, but, you, you, I mean, she has a pool, though, so I'm going to pee in it, but, you know, it's like, what, <laughs> and then I'll punch someone for something that, or shoot somebody for something that happened in high school, what is it? Something they did in high school, yeah. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> The, the, I, I don't the, know. The undeniable, incredible, grand, majestic, brand Nubian. <laughs> Wait, hold on. They got to solve a little uh, conflict that they had from high school. <laughs> <laughs> Put a bookmark in that. I'll get back to that in a second. You know what's so funny? Have you ever had like a thing that where you like look back on it like 20 years later and be like, yeah, what was I angry as that person, like, what was our art? Oh my god! I don't god. really know what we were mad about. Like, you know, they'd be like, I, "Did I cut off that friendship with that person or something that didn't matter?" <laughs> I sucked shit. I I sucked so much shit in high school, <laughs> man. I I held grudges, oh, at people over the dumbest fucking shit. I was really good friends with this dude, mm. and he was dating this girl. And this girl left him and started dating this other guy. Mm. And because of that, I held such a fucking grudge like at her mm. for, for like destroying my really good friend. Like it oh. fucking broke his heart. Uh. He, he was just so, I don't think he ever recovered. But anyway, oh, dang. I was like, oh, I hope they fucking break up. I hope they're miserable. I hope all these things. And I was such a fucking prick. And mm. it didn't even happen to me. It happened to my dude, but, like, I was so mad on his behalf. Right. Fast forward, like, oh, my God, 10, 15 years, me and Neb, we go to see Janelle Monet mm. on the Dirty Computer Tour. Oh, nice. Let out on stage on the fucking gurney, lifting the fucking sheet up. Oh, my God. Mm. So good. Anyway. We go with that girl 
and another girl I knew from high school. They're good friends. At the end of the night, we're all like saying our goodbyes or whatever, saying our goodnights. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. And she was like, for <sighs> what? And I was just like, I was such a fucking prick. <laughs> like, like uh, I had to. I was just like, I know you don't remember, uh, but I do. <laughs> and it, it's so wrong of me. <laughs> And isn't that weird where it's like the people that you feel that you've wronged where it's just like, oh my god, they probably like that's burned in their brain on a piece of shit. And it's like, oh dude, I don't even remember that. They <laughs> don't remember. They never remember. <laughs> but oh my god, the fucking hole, it burns in your heart. You feel so bad. And you just feel like I have to atone for this because right. it'll never be the same. It'll never be right. And then it's just, hey, I'm really sorry for saying that stuff. And it's like, dude, I don't remember any of that shit. <laughs> and she was also like super fucking drunk anyway, so she did not <laughs> give a shit. She was just like, what the fuck ever, man? And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> there was a podcast where it was uh, someone talking about so someone like coming up to them, you know, is like, oh, I, you know, I sobered up, I'm, you know, going to people to tone in for things, you know. And it was just like that one thing where it's like this guy coming up to her and was just like, oh man, I talked so much shit about you. I did all this. Da, da, da. And it was just like, like he comes up to her and says like, man, forgive me, brother. You know, like, you know, I, I, I haven't been great to her. It's like, oh man, I, I didn't think anything that of it. You know, and then it was just like, I talked all this shit about you. I did all this thing. And it was like, well, damn, I didn't know that. Now, now I'm getting kind of pissed. <laughs> and we better, we just didn't say anything. Honestly, I Oh, now, I've got this, now I've got this energy in me that wasn't there before. I, I thought you were great. I, I haven't been friends with you this whole time. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit, forget I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. Back um, to this album by now. <laughs> Yeah, because up next, we've got um, Talon Kweli's first oh, okay. appearance. Can I say something? Talib Kweli is usually, again, you know, oh, this is most effing, you know, Talib Kweli, Black Star. You're supposed to respect these guys. They're the most, you know, it's the late 90s. This is the respectable rappers that you're supposed to like. But, like, Talib Kweli is, like, he's good, but it, there's always that he's a producer more than a rapper thing that's, you know, on him where it's just, like, you can hear the sort of, like, you know, over rapping that he'll kind of do to be like, well, no, 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 respect me as a rapper because look, look I may be a producer, but respect this because I'm like so quick with the bars and going so fast. And on this track, he was so chilled out that like my brain like had to like, had to rework that like, oh, that's Talib Kweli. Whoa, oh shit. Wait, hold on. Okay. Like, cause him and how do you say her name? Bahamidi, Bahamadia? Bahamadia? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I thought the verses were fine, you and I like Talib. What's that? I said you weren't feeling this one as much. Um, I liked it. I thought it was fine. I just really wasn't a fan of, um, uh, Bahamadia's um like whisper talky delivery. A little too low key. Yeah, like. <laughs> A little too laid back, you I know? Think, yeah, I think I, I just like the, the diff. That's what it was about this album. This album was, like, about it being a grab bag of, you know, here, here's the, the real MCs of the late night, you know, forget all those puffy, you know, uh, uh, compilation albums. You know, here, here's the real sampling of what's going on in the late 90s in real hip-hop, you know? And I, so I kind of like the, oh, here's this different side, and oh, wow, we're going to a really quiet corner over here. Oh, okay, you know, like... <laughs> 
I, th- I think I like I know it didn't taint my opinion of it, but I should also mention that Talib sucks shit now. Oh, yeah, he is. De- okay, look, like a lot he's of these a giant people, piece of shit now. <laughs> a lot of these people, like most deaf, is we again. It's like is the same. It's like I thought he was like this respectable, cool guy, and then you're like, he's like getting fake uh, uh, passports to you know marry his what? wife and go to different countries or something like that. You heard about that? No, I haven't heard about that. No. <laughs> it's like a weird thing where it's like, what's going on? It's like, no, I'm a universal citizen or something like that. And like trying to get into South Africa, but he's like banned from South Africa now because he was trying to pull a fast one on some bullshit. And it's like, what is happening? I haven't heard anything about that. I've just heard whenever. It's like yeah. every few months, Talib Kweli comes up on my timeline and it's never <laughs> anything good. Uh, there was one specific instance where it was just like, Hey guys, did you hear that Talib Kweli is just like randomly mad at this black woman on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> seems like, like he just picks random fights. And it's, you know what it is? It feels like someone who doesn't realize that the internet is live and like we can see you doing this in real time. Like, you know, like when a person like he just like you can kind of see him just going like, no, man, fuck you. It's like, dude, you're famous. This is Twitter. Don't you don't just get, do shit like this. Like, <laughs> you know. But it, like it's one of those things like this person has a level of fame where they're like you shouldn't just be like spending what's clearly your evening like just shouting at someone on Twitter. <laughs> oh, he was also one of these fucking dudes who was like taking shots at Megan the Stallion. Oh my god, are you during serious? her whole thing? Jesus. Oh no, the Hotep brand Nubian late 90s rappers are like, it's all about being real. And also, women should be sexual. Yeah. Like, I fucking <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Oh no. But then we got the title track here Dilated Peoples and Tash. Man, your boy. Sound bombing. Why is. Like, I wouldn't exactly call this something that has a bombing feel to it. Like, no. Yeah, I was like, why is this the I didn't the think so track? either. What's going on? Yeah, like, I thought it was okay. Not exactly, you know, centerpiece of yeah. the album good, though. It is always weird when stuff like this happens, where it's like, the title track of the album, which is like, you would think this would be the thing that, like... Hey, this is a centerpiece. This is what we're going to make sure we got the good producer, make sure he's fucking making sure this shit sounds tight. But like, I've noticed so many times, I think it was like a Foxy Brown album. Th- th- there will be a lot of times where I'll be like listening to an album and come across the title track and have that feeling of just like, that wasn't as important as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it does seem to keep happening on this show. <laughs> Where the fucking title tracks are super underwhelming. Then the next track, Brooklyn Hard Rock. What was this? <laughs> Here's the other white rapper from the 90s who's underground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, wait. Can we talk about this delivery for a second? Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just the fact that it's like, there's something like, you know you have like two different flavors that don't normally get go together and you think like the mixing of it because it's so different would make it stand out, but it's like... Ah, maybe we just shouldn't have done this. It's like Urkelos with like strawberry and banana, <laughs> you know, whatever the fuck. It almost felt like fat lip. <laughs> but like, you know, so it's this one guy going in and it's th- that he has this sort of style where it's like, 
you know, I did one take and now I'm punching in on the track right over the other with the same slightly too hyped up intensity so that the effect sounds like I'm a comic book character. Like it's that sort of thing. Like, and it keeps going the whole track. And so like, here's my run and here's the next one coming at you real fast. And so it's like, it's doing that where it's like, feels like the lyrics are like fucking, you know, coming at you, you know, from afar and, you know, pushing into the foreground. And then it's like, after this guy's like, weirdly like deliberate delivery then right after that it's like this british chick who's like hey brooklyn Hawthorne, your status mad toy your status mad toy your status mad toy i was like what's happening and it's only the one verse it's only the one verse and so you're just like why was that like that like nothing else on this album was like this <laughs> yeah no it like that's when you get like a mixtape feel is when you get little <laughs> inconsequential shit like that. But yeah, I don't know. They just kind of threw off the momentum we were having there. Like, especially after the last song wasn't really anything all that special. Yeah. And then we got mayor right after it. This uh, fucking stretch, man, man. Like for uh, me, it's yeah, I was feeling this track. I like the, uh, you know, the news reporter said the assailants fled the city. Meanwhile, I'm stacked across the street in some shitty ass hotel waiting for things to get a little quiet. Uh, think I can try to bounce, but nah, why should I try it? You know, like I, I like the storytelling he was doing, you know, you're talking about mayor. Yeah. Yeah. On mayor. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, th- I thought it was okay. I just didn't really love the hook. Yeah, and I, I guess it was that. just a little like, eh, it was fine. Yeah. It's no patriotism. Ah, that's what happened. Yeah. Look, I was like, maybe it's because yeah, and then this track happens. It's only been a couple weeks, but I gotta <laughs> say it again. Do we need Killer Mike? <laughs> when LP. Since 99, at least, has been killing it like this. Jesus, man. Oh, my God. Again, this feels like another one of those, like, you know, here's a Lucy that's from, like, a thing that I'm working on that has, like, a bigger, you know, scope to it, but this track didn't kind of fit, so, you know, but this kind of fits in with the general, you know, fuck the system, late 90s feel, so let me throw it on this, you know, but holy shit. Like, even the Lucys for this motherfucker still have that awesome dystopian future shit. Like, it feels like he's over-rapping, but it's just, like, the words feel like they're coming in, like, a flood, you know? Because it's not like there's, like, a bunch of rhyming, but it'll be like... But, it like, it feels deliberate, so it kind of, like, it works to your ear, you know what I mean? Like... Uh, what was that one line uh, where he goes like, you up against Jesus freaks, Mormon corporations and young Republicans, indelible NATO forces, hidden agendas, puppet governments. I'm loving it. Keep the people guessing who I'm running with. Control the population and hide behind sacred covenants. It's like, holy fuck. And then what was a line? Uh, senseless, join the census, censorship, sentence, ascendance, triple felon, citizen paid penance. It's just like, I don't even know what the fuck you're saying, but that's incredible. <laughs> I'm very glad you actually took notes of some lines because there was no way I was going to be able to actually pick anything to quote from this thing because it's just a fucking, it's a whirlwind and it's all incredible. This is one of those is like when the second verse is over and then you're like, oh, there's a third verse yet? Like when you have that feeling yeah. like there's more. 
when I scrolled down and said, oh my god, it's not even over yet. There's fucking more to this. It's credited to Company Flow, even though LP's the only person who actually raps on it. Huh. But, yeah, there's uh, that one lyric where it's like, I'm staring gas hidden in your apartments. I'm stealth like a robot hidden in the fat asshole of Carmen. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was the one kind of. Uh, but... yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the nineties. We gotta have our, uh, you know, South Park reference. Yeah, yeah, it's ninety nine. Okay, so speaking of one nine nine nine, <laughs> were you not feeling this one? No. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Well, okay, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Like, the vert. Well, two of the verses are not bad. What is this hook with a. I'm getting mine in the one, nine, nine, nine. Yeah, this is a real hip hop hook when it sounds really, like, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, stilted and fucking, like, awkward. That's real yeah. hip hop, yo. <laughs> I did also have to quote this that was just. I don't even know how you would describe this line, but I groaned. Who was it? Was it it Sadat X with his... No, I think it was a common bar. Oh, wow, really? Because Sadat X Um... sucked butt. (laughs) (laughs) Again! He always weirdly sounds like... It's just like a little bit in some of the lines. He sounds like like all of his things are like exasperated questions. Like, I'm doing this. Can you believe this? (laughs) This is what's happening next. (laughs) Have you heard about this one, folks? Sadat X is the rapid Jay Leno. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's this bar where he says, "N words say I'm nice with metaphors, but these are similes." I was like, yeah, "That was such a oh my shut god, the fuck was so like, dude, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're being an asshole. You're being a pedantic was... asshole, and that's why people don't like you commenting." <laughs> That's that's the commoniest ass yeah, common right. bar. Like he, you know what it is. He common is another one of those. This is this is the issue to get into, right? I remember growing up and being like, hey, in, in, you know, the, uh, industry, the mainstream stuff, that's whack. What you want is these underground cats, and guys aren't really that underground. They just like you know have the the the, the you know the soul quarian cool guy look. You know the where n- n- really big knit. Uh, hats you know and sweaters and shit you know what I mean we're just like you're not underground underground you've got mainstream bagging funding you just don't look like the shiny suit guys like you've still got your own brand you know but but I think there's a couple knit hats on the cover (laughs) oh yes indeed but you know there's nothing wrong with that as long as like the music is good right like but with some of like yeah common stuff I remember having that feeling of like I feel like I'm supposed to automatically respect common but I Something's not right. I I feel like I can't just throw my lot in in the same way that I would throw it in with like a master ace. And it's not that he's not nice, but it's like there'll just be like sometimes where it's just like okay, even for like the underground loving ass, like this feels up its own ass, you know? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did also I did quote though. However, the the one couplet um some get Range Rovers, some religion changeover, angel on my shoulder telling me to remain sober. Mm. I thought that was dope. Yeah, that fucking jumped out at me and, and uh go and uh what's the other song he did the uh the song dedicated to eric about dude the light you know the, uh, those songs are dope you know i'm not saying he's completely whack you know but it's mm. one of those things where it's just like i've i always had that thing it's like that thing where like where you're hip-hop head and 
you know, the name comedy, you know, you're supposed to like that guy. You're supposed to be checking out his stuff, right? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. When I heard that track, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Uh, There's always that, some reservation. Yeah, that Universal Mind Control album, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't like the name of that yeah. one. <laughs> oh, that was his Pharrell album, where he's like, uh, oh, okay. hopefully Pharrell, uh, you know, two decades into his, you know, weirdo stick, and maybe it's not really uh as hot as it used to be but maybe for common's album we could pull it back oh no it didn't work <laughs> like, oh, yeah hmm. but that's basically what that album was it was just like you can get you yo yo Con, yo pharrell you can get me a hit right <laughs> you can get me a hit right yo let me get a real hit real quick yeah we're gonna say but we're gonna do it by sampling like uh late 70s early 80s songs so so it doesn't feel like i'm selling out you know because i'm sampling mm. the 80s i'm say, sampling planet rock see it doesn't feel like I'm selling out when I'm making a song that's clearly selling out, you know. <laughs> Let me get one of those boom, 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 boom beats. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let me get Diamond When It Pours It Rains. Okay, so, like, I think I remember liking the verses. I liked it too. It's just really short. Yeah, and then it. I feel like the ending line was also a thing where it was just kind of like, oh, that's what you're going out on? You know what I mean? Am I mistaken? Let me let me go see. I honestly don't really remember it. I remember liking it, but just kind of being like, oh, okay, that was a fun thing. Like it just felt like there should have been some kind of hook around it because it was like there's one verse that was like a full verse, and there's like a second verse that's a little shorter, and then it's just kind of like, oh, the, oh, oh, okay, you know. Hmm. Yeah, it was like, oh, you know, because he kind of has some really good lyrics earlier, and then he kind of ends it on the. From the true and living, bona fide top contender, not a pretender. I live my life in splendor. Uh, remember, I got the ill-type phonetics. You whack MCs sound pathetic. And then it just kind of cuts there. Oh, yeah. It's just like, a, okay. You know, like, it was just, <laughs> it doesn't really end on a but um bum line. It's just kind of like a, here's a multi a little bit, you know. I almost quoted that, too. I remember that just being like, hmm. It just kind of. <laughs> Like well, kind of slowly rolled to a stop. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. But then next universe. Okay. Honestly, the next three cuts all in a row, I think were all fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Next universe, every, every rhyme, rhyme I write, right. mm -hmm. and on mission. Yeah, they actually really pulled it home. <laughs> yeah, because most that was fucking incredible. That spacey beat, I was here for it all fucking day. And this is one of those tracks where it's like he could be spitting ill nothings, and I don't fucking care because it just came together so goddamn well. <laughs> There's a really interesting verse that goes, um, and he does something I don't think I've ever really heard before, mm. where he goes. My light shine boast from east to the left coast. Yeah. North and south both, cause it sound dope. Boy, your voice sound choked. With the next man style between your teeth, oh. tongue and throat. Like, yeah, <laughs> and it was like a, ah, yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> gotta wash your mouth out with soap. And I was like, he fucking rhymed a noise. Automatophia. <laughs> How did you fucking do that? You fucking Missy Elliott did that shit. <laughs> I, I like I can't even replicate it. I don't remember exactly what noise it was. It was like a no. It was, and was like, like a, whoa. Yeah. Okay. And then he also went on to do um, 
down for the longest sun peep the song list radiate enormous pure peak performance vocal cord the strongest acapella or cordless hit town mm. draw crowds like space shuttle launches mm. jesus man fuck <laughs> dude <laughs> And shit was fucking hot. Yeah, that was next universe type shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Then uh, every rhyme I write, I thought this was just a solid fucking posse cut of Oof. verses yeah. flowing into each other. And it's one of those things where like, there's like a couple of weak bars, but it's such a solid good time that it makes up for it. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I actually I really like the ending with Eddie Griffin. It's like. Yeah, this is Eddie Griffin, right? I want to give a shout out to the Beat Junkies, J-Rock, Babu, Rockers Records, and the mother... In the house. <laughs> like like someone told him, oh, you can't curse on this. <laughs> Dude who's just happy to be here. <laughs> I just love the idea of Eddie Griffin of all people on a underground yeah. rap record. <laughs> it kind of had that, um, that Nardwar running up to... Uh, Tyler the Creator energy <laughs> where he's like Tyler Tyler remember when we did that interview and Tyler's just ah 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 Nardwar ah <laughs> he's just shaking him and he's hitting him he's like smacking his hat oh my god you ever see that no <laughs> okay you need to find yeah, it what is this to see him but he's just screaming <laughs> oh I'm glad to have a bit of internet joy <laughs> yeah uh, 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 his hat came off <laughs> yeah. oh man holy yeah. shit um, uh, <laughs> then we wrap it up with on mission whoa man a solid fucking Talib Kweli cut. Like, yeah. holy fuck. When we rush and beat these niggas like percussion, you ain't touching nothing. I give instructions to move on your weak production. Drop that African king shit and that royal flesh and respect the queen straight for the BK. Thick girl's legs, uh, uh, thick like girl's legs when they run the pen relay. Like, I was like, whoa. Like, I and I like that little bit of a, like, a, oh, stop the foe, you know, whole type of shit. Like, I love little lines like that, right? Where it's just like calling, you know, oh, the fake dudes to task, you know, like, oh, not every dude with dreads is for the cause, you know, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I had that quoted, and I also had, now let's begin, while you testing these better men, you get fucked up like it's your first Friday as freshman Letterman on the varsity team, I pipe dream, make them cream, freeze like reindeer caught up in high beams. <laughs> Fuck! Damn, Talu! <laughs> fucking went in! Shut my mouth and call me dumb! You <laughs> fucking <laughs> show up! Yeah, oh god. <laughs> like, I, I, I wish, I, uh, dude, I wish that the most deaf Talib Kweli albums sounded like this the whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
I remember liking it back in the day, but I don't really remember much from it. But this, I wish I had checked this out way sooner because yeah. this album is fucking intense. Yeah, solid. I, I would give it a four out of five overall. Like I also gave of, it a four as well. I, I was thinking about giving it a little bit lower because fucking... I'm sorry. Fucking 12 skits. What the fuck? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only, it's a bit unnecessary. The only skit that I thought was cool was the last skit where it just sounded kind of sounds like they're just fucking around and having fun. And I was like, I wish this was the energy the whole time where instead of just introducing people for the clout, it was like, hey, here's this guy and we're going to joke on him for a minute. and da, da, da. You know what I mean? Like, let's actually have some energy and oh, we're going to freestyle and just fuck around and maybe it doesn't work. But like, uh, you, you had a good time with the actual good song so it's okay you know like yeah i wish it was more of that like it would be so cool if it was like in these interstitials it was just like oh here's someone coming into freestyle real quick this person doesn't really freestyle but we're gonna get him on real quick yo say something say something you know like that would have been so much more fun to be like oh hey here's the world of rap in 1999 and here's the real dope lyrical shit but ah we're having fun you know we, you know it's still yeah. music at the end of the day you know like i actually really liked at the end of the talib Kweli song and i think it was also at the beginning of the most deaf song where it's like when you hear someone who clearly is like just kind of thinking up rhymes on the spot, but they're just kind of continue flowing and it just kind of sounds like the sort of like, oh, the cup of rhymes spilleth, spilleth over. Like, I just, the yeah. rhyme is just spilling out everywhere. <laughs> like, I love that little moment where it's just like, oh man, this is what hip hop is all about. It's about the rhymes on rhymes on rhymes, bro. <laughs> Dr. Goat, man. I think we might have mentioned this on an episode a while ago. I think it might have been on the Abbey Road episode, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. It's the only episode that makes sense. Where I want to say I said that re that reviewing the White Album would be fun for the show. Now, it was fun for me <laughs> <laughs> because I've heard this album before and I'm familiar with it enough mm. to know where the high and the low points are. But RSC... I'm just very, very curious. You know what? Fuck it. We need to skip ahead. What'd you think of Revolution 9? <laughs> I would just go through the order. But that's like, that's 29 songs we'd have to get through before Revolution 9. We just gotta cut to the chase. Okay, so, like... One of the first notes was, I can't believe this is what this album sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> on the very first, the beginning of it? Yes, it was like early on. Yeah, okay, like... yeah. You know what? Okay. You make a very strong argument. Let's go back to the beginning. Because when I mentioned sequencing, mm. to open... <laughs> A four-side double album, fucking double LP. Right. They're fucking Wu-Tang forever. <laughs> with a fucking Beach Boys novelty oh, song man. pastiche. I couldn't believe it. I was like, are we in the 50s? What's happening? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's a bad song. It's not a great song, and I, it definitely shouldn't open the album. I just... I... What like I was I was writing down I was like what use does anyone have for a song like this like it's a song by a British guy about going back to Russia sung like a black man from Louisiana <laughs> like what's <laughs> happening <laughs> like what is happening I don't get it 
thing that worked for like a second was like, oh, uh, and the Moscow girls make me sing and shout that Georgia's always on my, 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 my. Like, oh, because Georgia, I get it. Like, the country, Georgia. It's yeah, like the ah. smallest justification for this. It's like the rest of this is just like, this is not justified in any way. Why is this track happening? Like, it feels so much like a, remember the, the big hit that you knew? Well, here's the song that kind of sounds like that big hit that they did to try to get a big hit in Russia. <laughs> like, you know, that's what this <laughs> yeah. sounds like. Like, oh yeah, remember that? Remember when uh, their whole thing was just sounding like black musicians from a decade ago? Uh, well, here's when they were still trying to do that. And maybe this was one of, like, the last of the Lucy singles from before we did, like, album albums. You know, when we were just like, when shit was still, like, could be regional like in the past where it's like someone could be huge in russia and huge nowhere else and huge in japan and huge nowhere else you know so it's like oh let's head our butts here's a song that mentions the ussr there's like little jokes about it where it's like kind of justified you know but it it's so topical <laughs> fucking paul just thought it would be funny to sing a song like california girls what about Russia? Yeah, as if a Russian like, okay. is singing it. Like He like, just thought it'd be funny. Why do you bark in the U.S., da, comrade, bark in the USSR? Like, why didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't dedicate enough of himself <laughs> to it. I think that's the problem. Okay, honestly, um, I feel like that's the problem with pretty much, like, most of these songs. Yeah. They are fucking rough drafts for children's songs hmm. I, I am sorry but some of the shit I'm listening to I'm just like what in the fuck were there reviewers who gave all the, were kissed these ass, the asses of all these people were they fucking babies how was this not questioned for so long As the, oh you can't question that all those are the greatest art of all time they're British and they're doing the, the music of the people you know we don't want to directly go to the concerts to you know they've got to be brilliant like I don't Get it? Like, what is so great about this? Oh. <laughs> and now here's my thing. Here's the thing, yes. though, that infuriates me. I hear moments on this album where I'll be like, wait, that's what I thought this album was going to sound like. Fucking a song like Blackbird or something like that will come and be like, that's what I thought this album was. That's what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, here's the the band that makes all these incredible songs and oh, every now and then they have a little goof them up and they do something silly. It is the opposite. Goofum you ups. can't get these assholes to fucking concentrate on making anything <laughs> consi like consistent. Like I don't well, understand. No. Like you, can't. especially not on this album because oh, this is man. this is the beginning of them falling apart. What was the good album? Can you tell me what was the album where it's like, oh, that's the album where they were untouchable? Because I feel like as I'm going, I gotta. I throw down the gauntlet right now all right we've been going through david bowie's shit okay like this is the, yeah, do yeah. the parallel you're going through david bowie and these are both artists that have been kind of like the hmm are they really that great or you know the the you know what i'm saying the the benefactor of good pr and you know being a, and david bowie has fucking stood up to snuff he's he's stood the fucking sniff test for the most part the beatles are fucking floundering around what the hell is going on with these guys discography where i feel i feel like i've been fucking tricked like this whole time like you know i feel like you know when you know you hear about a movie the whole time and you think it's like a really like uh for, like as a kid i thought uh, you know stephen king's it i thought that movie was so scary and i'd never seen it because i just heard about it in the old stephen oh. king it looked so scary and then you actually watch it and you're like hmm this wasn't 
what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like, oh, your darkest fears. Oh, you know, that sort of thing. And then it's like, oh, he just kind of turns into a clown and then like a like a spider. It's like, really? You know, like. Now, here's the problem. Because. Because Dr. Goatman did it. <laughs> I, no disrespect, Dr. Goatman, but you did it wrong. <laughs> because you requested Abbey Road first. And in my opinion, Abbey Road is probably the best Beatles album there is. Let, let me, let me go back and see what I thought of that one. Yeah. You didn't love it. Mm. And the problem there is because there is goofy shit on there that shouldn't be there, like Maxwell Silver Hammer. Mm-hmm. And Octopus's Garden. I, I kind of like Octopus's Garden. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, yeah, you did kind of like that one. I forgot. Um... You didn't like the medley on side two. Oh, no. Oh, man. The one with all the really short songs crammed together. Because it, it, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like at the time this maybe sounded really cool, but, like, with hindsight and, like, being able to hear, like, albums in here, this just sounds like y'all just threw a whole bunch of shit together at the end. Like, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, that absolutely is the Lucy's for yeah. sure. That's just stuff we had kicking this around. This should have been on the special edition and the album should have ended six tracks ago. Like, yeah. See, like, I know this is 30 songs, and we'll, we'll fucking get to it. This is the fucking, in a minute, meme. <laughs> because I gotta go back. Because if people talk about, you know, Sgt. Pepper's is not only considered the greatest Beatles album, but in many publications, the greatest album of all time. So I'm just looking uh, through here, right? So I, I, okay, yeah, I'm looking at Abbey Road. That has, that has the bangers on it, right? Here comes the sun, because... Uh, because uh, something you know, I want you to see so heavy that that's one of those tracks yeah. where it's like this is half an incredible track like the weight of this track is so cool and I just feel like where's the substance I feel like this needs to be a track with substance in it, substance in it and the fact you're relying on the fact that this half of it sounds like it has substance to really carry the track you know it feels like after a while it's like this is kind of all we're having, so let's just fucking run with it. Like, there was nothing else you guys had going, so you're just going to go with this for seven minutes. Really? Like, that's how I feel about so many Beatles tracks where it's just like, this is a really cool idea. And because you're the biggest band ever, no one is there to tell you to, like, actually flesh it out. You know? Like, that's mm. what I feel about so many tracks. But I'm sorry, get back to your point, because you were talking about uh, another album. Did we review that one as well? We did not do Sgt. Pepper. I'm just looking okay. through the track list, and I'm just trying to think to myself which songs you would like off it going off what we've talked about in the past. You probably wouldn't like this album either. Mm. Honestly. Because there are songs like, um, f for the people that know, um, being for the be being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, <laughs> probably wouldn't be a fan of that one. Mm. When I'm 64, <laughs> probably wouldn't be wild about that one. But it has, with a little help from my friends, which is the 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 black and white side of the. Be that's what I kind of consider the stuff that still sounds like it's from the fucking 50s. You know, this is the black and white TV side of them. But I I kind of like that joint. Lucy that's in the sky. That's the fucking with Ringo shit. Right. Ringo is so stuck in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. I think is nice. Whenever they just get on the psychedelic shit and just fucking like live in there and I can hear the rainbow colors floating everywhere. That's when I can just relax and enjoy it. But unfortunately that doesn't happen that much. And it's really infuriating. <laughs> 
you'd probably enjoy Within You, Without You, because that's a fucking Harrison tune. So mm, I haven't heard he's that just fucking going all in. It's him on the sitar, kind of getting, you know, in his bag. Mm. Um, but yeah, you'd probably have mixed feelings about this one, too. And if people consider this to be, like I said, not only the greatest Beatles album, but the greatest album ever recorded... And it is only the the only where to the only place to go is down. And, and my thing is, it's like I feel like they have great albums within their discography. To me, agreed. The, uh, uh, Blackbird and what's the other song that also sounds like has that Blackbird feel? Um, uh, yesterday. Maybe it's yesterday. But you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. It feels, you know what it feels like? It feels like there are albums. It feels like we're listening to their albums sideways. Like, <laughs> we're here, like, you know, there's like, oh man, hear that really psychedelic track. Uh, like, because, yeah, so the next track is going to be that, uh, uh, it's not going to be, you're going to hear the rest of what this sounds like on the next album. But what you're hearing on the next track is the that, uh, Paul album that he wanted to make of the 1920s. Yeah, you're going to hear that track next. Yeah, so, and on the next album, yeah, when you're also going to get one track of that really cool psychedelic sound, yeah, after that track, you're also going to have to hear another one of Paul's tracks. Like, that's what all of these albums feel like. It never feels like there's any consistency. And I know why, but it, it pisses me off because, like, that's not an excuse. Like, and it becomes a point where it feels like the meta-ness of what, you know, the music, how the music was made kind of becomes more important than the music itself. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like, especially yeah. the appreciation of some of the music after a certain level. It's like, yeah, the fact that they're all pissed off at each other is part of the novelty of what kind of like the, the lore of them hating each other. Like, that's why you're listening to it, you know, in all of the shit that you can hear in the background of them clearly being pissed off. You know, like that that's what you kind of get out of it. But if it comes to a certain thing where you're just like, but can you guys just please make an actual like consistent sound? Because I'll hear a song like Blackbird and I'm trying to remember what the fuck the other song was because it was another one from um was it was it on this album no no it was i think it was on oh, the other okay. album we reviewed uh uh abbey road let me let me see the track list yeah here comes the sun here comes the sun here comes beautiful, the sun yeah. and blackbird sound like they're on the acoustic you know uh guitar only album that they did and i'm like i want to hear just that album but no <laughs> i have to hear it interspliced with uh paul's you know 1920s album with uh ringo's yeah. uh, uh, fucking children's album <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like i'm just like guys focus would you be surprised to know i'm being you know I just want these people to get along and realizing <laughs> that there's no harmony in this. That halfway through the recording of Back in the USSR, Ringo quit the band briefly. like fucking actual? Uh, oh yeah, there's like a couple of seconds in the song where like the drums stop playing. Yeah, that's where he actually quit the band. And he, <laughs> then, then he comes in uh, like at the end. You, you thought it was like an artistic choice. No, th those are actually the couple of seconds we like. We had to send someone with a with a fucking basket full of coke to his house to get him to come back in. Yeah, the, the fucking sticks bounce on the floor. <laughs> hear the footsteps <laughs> everyone's voices get a little quieter as they turn their heads to look at Ringo as he's leaving the door the <laughs> <laughs> 
barely hear the pleading with the producer with Ringo outside the door. No, Paul had to do fucking drumming on this song and another one. He's pulling double duty. Yeah, because Ringo just isn't there. Now, do we go song by song? I... I, I was, or yeah. do we jump around here? There's so much. It's like, okay, I, I would skip over. The, I would just say, like, the stuff that is not as interesting, I was just going to be like, eh, whatever. Because yeah. Dear Prudence is, like, this feels like one of those, like, oh, their name tracks, the one you remember. But, like, what the fuck is being said on this song? I have a quote here. The, the, this might not come across in the lyrics, but um, the song was written by John Lennon in India while they were studying transcendental meditation one of their friends, Prudence Farrow, Mia Farrow's sister, became overzealous in her meditation and turned into a recluse. Lennon wrote this song as a message to snap her out of it. Okay. Like she locked herself away. I wish that there were any details whatsoever to illustrate that that's this is my problem like they, they just go like well i like a lot of these songs they like gesture at the idea of a story and never give you anything you know there's, oh, there's never, another one in that category too yes so it's just like here's the idea of a story and there's something that uh, people are really like oh uh, confused or, or shocked at that they did but i'm not gonna tell you what it was but and it's like oh my god that i don't fucking care like <laughs> the song the song sexy sadie yes <laughs> much later Oh my god! A, a woman again. This is written from the same experience, practically. Oh well, she was uh, the 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 wife of the elephant man, and and her husband was trampled, and it was this big fucking thing that he doesn't fucking bring up in the song, right? Something like that. <laughs> no, it, it's worse, honestly. A woman, a woman accused their their yogi, their spiritual leader, of being a fucking abuser. Oh, Jesus Christ! And this song is basically a. Uh, victim blaming anthem Wait. where John is like, What have you done? You're such a tease. You ruined everything. Wait, what song is this again? Sexy Sadie. No, Jesus. That was like making me fucking. Yeah, that one's bad, dude. I don't like that one. Oh, I don't like it. I'm like retroactively douche chilling right now. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, because all the lyrics are like hitting me and be like, what the fuck? This is the fucking, uh, why, why did Kobe have to kiss that whore? Why did he, why did he hit that raw? Why? <laughs> oh my God. This is the fucking, uh, hey God, you should have known before you went with the, to him to the hotel that he wanted sex. Hey God. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a rough one. Oh. No, it's weird how. Shit on a hot tin roof. Lennon decides to write two songs during his fucking meditation experiences. Yeah, oh yeah, and, real fucking enlightened. <laughs> yeah, one of them is kind of mid, and the other one is victim blaming. Always drinks it. They're always trying to tear. Uh, always trying to tear a man down. <laughs> I'm enlightened, by the way. I'm bigger than Jesus. <laughs> so I do like Glass Onion. I think. Glass Onion is weirdly a cool song where even though like the songs that he's referencing, I don't like 
particularly like 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 uh, well i mean strawberry fields is a fucking banger but uh, uh you, you know like i am the eggman you know that's kind of like a okay whatever um but i like the fact that he's referencing them so it's like this weird sort of like oh self-referential like this is their version of breaking the fourth wall i was like i heard you like that song and that song well here comes the next one <laughs> you know like i like that's kind of a cool cute sort of like this is how we as, you know, the Beatles make our mark. We do weird, like, things like this. You know, who's making a song that's telling you about the songs that I already wrote? Like, ah, we're bringing the fourth wall, we're doing something different. Like, I can enjoy that energy, you know? And I also actually really like the idea that, like, halfway through, well, what feels like halfway through the song, it just cuts off to the do, 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 do. <laughs> like there's something yeah, about just creepy like strings yeah there's something about that experimental that just made that just popped for me where it was just like because i remember listening back to the song again and having that moment of like oh my god when does it happen and i was like anticipating it and like waiting for it and then when it happens i was like oh shit that's what it happens like it's so fucking unexpected. like like that's a good thing that's a good you know feeling to have listening to experimental music where you're like wait when does it happen when does the fucking oh shit that's cool you know i want to hear the thing that disrupts things you know like it was a song i really liked when i was a kid probably because it is like self-referential and like fourth wall breaking but it's basically just a song addressing people like yourself who question their songs that don't make sense and it's like, yeah, man, they don't. But he's not even <laughs> really, like, that. addressing it. He's just, you didn't like that? Well, sorry, but I'm going to keep doing it. Like, that's basically what... Yeah, <laughs> well... I can't... What do I tell you? I, I still make millions off of doing bullshit, so I guess here I go again. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that people have had enough of silly nonsense songs, but I get paid billions of dollars for it, so here I go again. <laughs> you know, like, what was that one lyric? Again, see, here's the thing. Like, uh, that one lyric was like, I told you about the walrus and me, man. You know that we're as close as can be, man. Well, here's another clue for you all. The walrus was Paul. And it's like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, wait, huh? What? Was there any importance to that? I don't care. Why did that matter? Like, it's like, like, it's like here's a reveal that doesn't mean anything. And it's like, I didn't even have questions about it. Like, it didn't... <laughs> there was the the Paul is dead rumors. Yeah, yeah. But, but so that's any not... any kind of clue. Yeah, but that's not, like, going against it. Like, if he was saying, actually, yes, Paul is dead and I'm wearing his skin, that, that would be playing <laughs> off of it, but just going, actually, he's a walrus in one of the songs. Like, that's not... That's just dumb. And there was a part, there was an interview where they were just like, yeah, so in the song, you say the walrus was Paul. And then there's like, yeah. And they're like, but it wasn't. And he's like, yeah, no, it was me. And they're like, yeah, okay, so what's that about? And he's like, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's I, like, I, oh, okay. You know what I, like, I, again, it, it draws you in where it's like, you have to care about them as people. Like, what this album feels like is people who are more famous than anyone has ever been before and just not knowing how to react to that, you know? Oh, 100%. Because they were also very young yeah. when they became, you know, like, the biggest musicians in the world. Yeah, and so there's that sense of, like, whoa, you're following me? You think everything that I say is important? Well, no, it's not. And actually, I'm going to make fun. I'm, you're stupid for following me. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, and, but the thing is, like, 
I feel like there was, there's always been this sort of, what feels like this PR sort of, they're the best band because their music was just so great. And it's like, you just look at it, it's like, they're just fucking around. There's no big plan. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and um, so it's like, it's one of those things like, I can enjoy it on a certain level, but it's like, I guess it's like the prestige that has been placed on the Beatles has kind of like, fucked up my ability to enjoy some of the music I feel like you know to be able to ap appreciate it for just the silliness that it is because it's like before I even got to it it felt like half the music world was telling me oh you just don't understand this is the greatest thing ever and it's like uh is it like you know when when Time Life magazine every two years has to do the oh the 32nd uh annual uh you know year of you know let it be coming out oh the the 40th annual of this album go oh the 50 year when they appeared on Ed Sullivan you know what I mean where it's just like I'm supposed to think this is really important and it's like why what were they saying because man it's the 60s Vietnam all this important stuff was going down what were they saying at the time that made them so important uh, not really anything actually so what'd you think of Obla Deal Blood Dog? Uh, well, uh, okay, wait, uh, before we get to that real quick because uh, there was that linen quote where uh, from, from the other song the, the glass onion at the end. Again, the more I look up, the more it like, ruins me. All the, uh, uh, it, my enjoyment He's just like uh, this quote where he says, oh, that's just me just doing a throwaway song a la Wallace, uh, the walrus, a la everything I've ever written. I threw in the line, walrus was Paul just to confuse everyone a bit more. And I thought walrus has now become me, meaning I am the one. Only it didn't mean that in this song. And then Playboy is asking him, he said, why walrus? Uh, it could have been the fox terrier was Paul, you know? I mean, it's just a bit of poetry. It was just thrown in like that. And that was the moment where I was just like, okay, mask off. Fuck these guys. Like, what is this? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, uh, everything I've written is just, yeah, throw away nothing. I'm just, I'm just bullshitting around. I, like, you almost, you like, if they were a little bit more self-aware, their interviews would just be them looking at the camera going like, why are you listening to me? I don't know why you think I'm important. I don't know why. Uh, please stop listening to me. I don't have anything important to say. <laughs> you know? It's like what we were waiting with the Kendrick thing. Where he was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to pose dressed like Jesus, because y'all <laughs> make know. me out to be Jesus. And, uh, okay, so, yeah, obla di, obla da. Look, Which was their attempt at a ska song. I'm not saying you can't do crossover culture joints, right? Like, mm, I, think Steve, sure. I think Stevie Wonder did, like, the, the Master Blaster jamming it to the break of dawn. I thought that was a nice, mm. like, you know... Uh, uh, like here's a dedication to these artists that aren't getting like really big hits in America, but we know they should. So you know, let me represent their style so that like people can be more aware of how cool their stuff is. Mm. You know, like I get it on that level, right? But this is just so fucking stupid. Like, what the fuck is this song about? <laughs> it's so dumb and goofy. And halfway through this, I'm like, is this not a rock album? What are we doing here? What is this? <laughs> We're just having a good bit of fun, do, do, you do, see. Do, 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 this fucking jug band music. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, this doesn't yeah. even sound like ska. This doesn't even sound... That's the thing that's infuriating. Well, it's first wave ska, RC. Oh, I fucking guess. I... <laughs> you don't understand. It's it's the, it's the original ska before, <laughs> you know... We went to, you know, Europe, I guess. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. What? what huh? I just... It's to its roots. It, it's like when Paul randomly decided to break into a ska thing during uh, Live and Let Die. Oh, my God. You don't know when he's going to do it. And the thing about it, again... What does it matter to you? Speaking of, like, half cool ideas, the... Holy shit, intrigue. What the fuck is happening? Oh, my God. Is Paul actually the coolest Beatle of all time? Like, uh... Oh, never mind. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. he just gets in, these guys just get in their own way in terms of, like, making good music. <laughs> and this Obla D Obla Da song is just like, this, there's a certain way that they record themselves, there's certain, you know, filtering or something like that, when they, mm. they put on themselves and they're doing like, this is the ethnic people song, you know, and, and it just, <laughs> it's just like, I'm just listening to this, like, ah, can I... Wait, can you just show me the people you were inspired by and I'll just go listen to them? Because this is embarrassing. What are you doing? Like, the thing about it, because it's like, hey, oh, your music's really cool. How about we do what you're doing, but th throw a bunch of bullshit and nonsense over it? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, blood deal, oh, blood die indeed. Get this shit. Uh. <laughs> See, I was never a big fan of it as a kid, but I've kind of warmed up to it now. I still think it's silly, and I don't love it. <laughs> the stupid laughing. Because <laughs> I said Desmond and Marley, good, and it's a reference to the... <laughs> it's like, oh my god. And he fucked up in it, too. For the longest time, I thought it was like a trans thing. Oh, yeah. Well, because it's not really clear who he's talking about exactly as the phrase is structured. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're kind of able to be like, well, is he talking about... But, yeah, it's not because, oh, he's making a statement. It's just because he's fucking lazy. They don't write these songs well. <laughs> you know, the, the whole time, Desmond... Oh, my God. Desmond has a bar in the marketplace, and Molly is a singer in the band. Desmond says to Molly, girl, I like her face, and Molly says this as she takes him by the hand. And yeah. so all that's going on, right? Yeah. So Molly is the performer. Uh-huh. Desmond is, you know, he's working in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. that, that's the distinction. But then, during verse 4, happily ever after in the marketplace, Molly lets the children lend a hand. Desmond stays at home and does his pretty face... And in the yeah. evening, she's a singer in the uh, band. What? So I was like, oh. Oh, so, so wait. <laughs> no, no, Paul just <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> and he said the wrong thing. Uh, it's like, oh, well, that sucks. That could have been interesting. <laughs> but it's not. Here's a question. How would you like Wild Honey Pie? Okay. I really liked Wild Honey Pie. Okay. Until Yo. it ended 50 seconds in. And I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, oh shit, Paul's getting weird. This sounds like some Primus shit, like some weird fucking early. Like, what the fuck are we doing? This is so cool. Oh my God. And then it just ends and I'm like, okay, fuck you guys for really real now. Oh. You guys do a song that I'm actually really enjoying. And then you're like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> See... This is why I really think this album is good for us, because I think there's going to be a lot of surprises, because I did not think you would enjoy that one. <laughs> no, Because they're just yelling, Honey Pie! I know! But it sounds honey like, 
as much as later on when they try to like emulate the southern black guy thing this one because they're just having fun and just throwing themselves into it sounds the most like similar to what would actually be like oh yeah maybe some like you know junk band song some uh uh, uh some hillbillies you know making some like music up in the sticks and the boonies you know what i mean like the fucking that fucking sounds like Primus. Like, yeah. I want to see video of them performing this because it sounds janky yeah. as hell. And, and the thing is, I was like, wait, there's a song called Honey Pie Later that has nothing to do with this song. And I'm like, well... Very different. <laughs> but you, you have to know that that's there, though, so why? <laughs> it's the distinction. You got a honey pie, uh, then you got the wild honey pie. Why, why is wild honey pie first? <laughs> This that's the offshoot. You have the original, and then you're like, "Oh, here's oops, all honey pie, all wild honey." Pie. <laughs> <laughs> you're the tame yeah. one, then the wild one. You get it. You get it. Oh man, yeah, th- th- that really pissed me off. And the, like, because of the fact that this is the first sound that I really, really enjoyed, and then later on, yeah, no, we're not going back to that. But it's kind of <laughs> we we kind of want to use a similar title. It's like. Are you like I just want to look? It's like, are you fucking with me? Why are you fucking with me? <laughs> like, <laughs> so were you not a fan of Honey Pie? Uh, uh, no, absolutely not. Honey Pie, <laughs> get this Make shit. Me the crazy. Fuck out of my goddamn face! <laughs> I, oh, oh, my dad liked this shit. Then fucking show it to him. Then don't fucking put this on this goddamn album because it's like, yeah, oh, oh yeah, you enjoyed that as a kid, okay? Update it! Make it sound like it came out now. This is not a new thing. That's a good point. People do that all the time where it's like, hey, we're going to take that sound and then, ooh, what if we put some rock and guitar under it? Actually approach the challenge by doing remix, update, do something. Yeah, make it something different. Yeah, I agree. Newman's like uh, 1920s fucking do 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 bullshit (laughs) sounds better than this. Isn't that insane? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would rather listen to the, a random Paul New, uh, 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 Paul, Paul New- Newman. Paul Newman. Newman. Yeah, Randy Newman song. Because Randy Newman, there might be some biting social commentary. Might be like a oh, character. Oh, sure. Might be some musicality that's kind of interesting that doesn't just sound like they're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. It actually sounds like a musician who's putting together a full, fully realized piece of music. You know what I'm fucking saying? And so it's like, mm-hmm. what in the hell is this? <laughs> Oh, get oh, and get the fuck out of here with the continuing story uh. of Bungalow Bell. This fucking baby's music. This is baby music. Get me, get out of here. I, this is where I wrote down. It's like, dude, this is like the uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, fucking Fisher Price. My first David Bowie music. Oh, you want to make abstract stuff, but you don't want to actually have. You don't actually have any, you know, commentary behind it. Well, Ooh, here's these fucking child's play lyrics about ooh, uh, going through the jungle with the buffalo bale and the bungalow bale. Hey, the- but this is like an anti-hunting song, oh. though. There's, it has a message. Sure, sure. Yeah. We just have to hear the uh, fucking going through the jungle with the bungalow bill for like 30 fucking hours. Like half the goddamn song. It's just so chugging when you just get to that point where you're just like, 
And here is the hug with the bungalow. Oh, the children sing. Yeah. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, yeah, fuck you off. don't want to listen to it, you know? Like, yeah. And, okay. While my guitar gently weeps. Oof. This is exactly what the fuck I'm talking about when I say mm. they've got a really good idea and then... Mm. Hello? Did you guys want to finish this? Did you guys want to go somewhere with this? Did you guys mm. want to do something other than what we now know what they did, which was basically, I came up with uh, a melody and just wrote some lyrics to, uh, you know, I just wrote some lyrics and I'll come back to it later. And, oh, I clearly didn't, you know, uh, rewrite some of these lyrics. Oh, I see that the floor needs sweeping while the guitar... What the fuck was that? Rewrite that <laughs> shit that has nothing to do with what the fuck you're talking... And it pisses me off, especially because I hear some of these lyrics, right? And you're like, oh... You know, he's talking about why my guitar gently weeps and you're listening. He's like, it feels like th there's some sort of metaphor in here about, you know, maybe like uh, 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 the, the musician's instruments as kind of like a metaphor for, for you know, slaves performing for their masters, you know, something like that. And, it, and then there's all this, and then it'll just say random bullshit about sweeping the floor and, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like... Uh, that wasn't related and you know that wasn't related like you know like it feels like like the rap like when i listen to a rap song and like oh this guy's spitting and then okay those lines were clearly just kind of because he wanted to have two bars in there but okay we're getting back to spin but <laughs> but with a song like a beatles song like lines take up more space so you're left it hearing them longer and being like what the fuck does that have to do with the rest of what's happening? Hmm. You know, where it like where it does sound like there could be something going on here, but you didn't flesh it out in any way. And so it's a frustrating listen because I'm just sitting here like, I kind of hear what you're going for, but you clearly didn't finish it. So like, I feel like, hmm. and it's so weird because I feel like I listen to gorilla songs and like what you know what is the difference right like what is the difference between me listening to a gorilla song where i feel I'm, but you know i still have I, I can still have some heat for gorillas sometimes you know what i'm saying but like oh yeah for sure i think the difference is because I, there are some abstract tracks on here that i enjoy in fact in fact, whenever it's the psychedelic Beatles where we're being weird, I can forgive it pretty much every single time because I can enjoy the aesthetic, the vibe of where I'm in. That's what the key is. When you can firmly place me in a moment, you the bullshit lyrics that don't make as much sense can watch over me, but that there is still an art to that, right? You can't just be random, right? Like, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's what it is. It's like when you hear lines that stick out so much and it's like, it kind of makes you have that moment of like, wait a minute, do you know what the fuck you're doing? Do you know what you're saying? You know, like when I hear that, uh, that, that Beach Boy song that we heard uh, on one of the albums, the, the, the white puff glistening shadow reflect, like that has such a chill like vibe to it where it's like, maybe it, not all of it makes sense, but it's worded in such a way where it doesn't poke out to your ear as much where you can just enjoy what's being said in the flow of the music you know what i'm saying Th i think mm -hmm. that that is i think my issue at the end of the day where there's so many moments where it'll be like uh i want to like this but what the fuck is happening and i feel like so many people go like oh because that was a cool idea well i'm going all in for it and that's so cool and it's like wait 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 guys but did he actually say anything though was that actually about anything you know like oh next perfect example happiness is a warm gun Look, 
I think this song is good in that as a piece of art, it evokes emotion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like whenever I hear this song, I'm always kind of like, like it makes me like cringe wince a little bit where I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, making this song that's about unaliving yourself, you know? And, you know, but having it with this cheery, you know, uh, doo-wop fifties thing, like that's clearly an idea that they're going for. Right. That's something, but it's something that is so full and weighty. That for the hook, I'm like, I feel where this is happening. I feel the darkness. I feel the irony. But where is that in these verses? Where is that related to in the verses? What the fuck does Mother Superior have to do with anything? Is she the one who's putting the gun to her head? Is Is it about a nun who's trying to do this? Like, is that what the song is about? Because that doesn't feel like that's related at all. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mother Superior, yeah. jump the gun. What, what, why? How? What did she do? Did she kill you? But <laughs> no, but it wouldn't have to mean the song is about how happiness is because you're talking about aiming it at yourself. So, so the Mother Superior killer, what? Huh? Is that what this was about in the lyric? I'm sorry. Maybe I missed something. Let's go back to the lyrics, you know, in the, in the verse, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm missing the brilliance, you know, uh, uh, um, Let's let us let us take a look. What what's the song happening? Uh, she's not a girl who misses much. She's well acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand, like a lizard on a window pane. Okay. The man in the crowd <laughs> with the multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots, boots, lying with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime. A soap impression of his wife, which he ate and donated to the National Trust. Y'all know that don't make any fucking sense and has nothing I, to do. I, I, I can't tell you that, that that I understand what any of that means for sure, no. And, and the thing that pisses me off so much is that it's like, but this hook is so intense and clearly about wow, something. Wow. So it pisses me off where you're like, like I feel... I, I, I feel used. We're like, you put me through that emotion of hearing this song, which is like, oh, it's really like wincy emotion. But you clearly didn't really have anything underneath it. So, you know what I mean? So I feel kind of like, you know, I feel like you're emotionally, you're just fucking with me, you know? Mm. Like, it's that, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I wish the verses actually, uh, this is what I wrote down in my notes. With such a dark, ironic hook, I wish that the verses actually had weight and related to really stick the point of what's happening in, in the mood of the song. Because without that to stick at home, it feels like you're just freaking me out without a real reason other than the edgelordiness of the act in and of itself of doing, you know, sewer sidle, uh, you know, song, but with an upbeat right. 50s anthem to it. You know, it's like, it just feels like the aesthetic in and of itself, but it's like, well, 40 years later on the internet, that would just be like a, that's just a dumb trick that someone does on the internet to be like hey what if i did uh this uh uh you know really dark song with dark lyrics but with the 1950s upbeat jazzy swingy feel you know what i mean like that's a parlor trick you know like <laughs> so unless there's something else really going on in the songwriting of the song to make it mean something that you did that you know what i mean i've honestly never really read into what it's about because like a genius doesn't even mention it's about anything in particular. It says the song was banned by the BBC because the because people you know guns. Ooh. But they also thought it was about drug abuse and shooting up heroin. Oh, I see. But Lennon's like, no, it's not about that either. 
I was like, okay. I mean, it, so, and it's one of those like you're using pretty specifically, you know, uh, incendiary lyrics. Did you have anything on your mind? No, not really. Okay, then. All right, let's go somewhere else. Can we? Is David Bowie doing anything? Can we talk to him? You know, like this is like, like <laughs> Lennon and Bowie were really good friends. You can kind of see well, it. Well, maybe Bowie should have hung out with him a little bit more. Okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like Bowie over here is okay. trying to be like, hey, you know, maybe we should. Hey, maybe our song should actually like be about things, and you know, we should have like plots so that pe when people listen to the songs, it's like having a full experience. No, we're, we're famous. Let's just bullshit around. <laughs> like, oh my God. We can't act like, though, that Bowie's lyrics aren't abstract <laughs> and sometimes don't make sense See, that's either. that's the thing. It's not that they don't, but it's like he, they fit in the pocket more. That's what it is. When, like, when they, and it's not that, you know, they don't have, like, weird stuff because we talk about it when they come up, right? But overall, his lyrics fit in the pocket more of what's happening in the songs these mm. lyrics feel untamed they feel first draft you know what i'm saying that's what i think it is like it feels like david bowie can fool me into thinking that this isn't just stuff being thrown at the wall the beatles cannot <laughs> that's what i'm mm. saying you know what i'm saying this is a four-sided <laughs> album right We're, we've done one of the four. Oh man We've talked about eight songs. There's 22 more. So yeah. what I propose... Okay. Is... Uh, what if it was about a fucking dog? <laughs> you want to talk about the dog song? <laughs> Look, there's nothing wrong with making a song about a dog, okay? <laughs> but... Can you actually give me some details? The good times, the bad times, or well, not just vague shit about, oh, I held your paw and help yourself to a bit of what's mm -hmm. all around you when you're in the thick of it. What the fuck is that supposed to mean to a dog? <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. Yeah, what were you proposing? <laughs> I was proposing we talk about the best and the worst. Okay, yeah. Because like there's that. a lot of middling stuff. Yeah. And I don't really know what's there to say about. A good bit of it, but side two here, they decide to give us all of the animal songs, and I don't know <laughs> why. We got Martha, my dear, which is about a dog. We got Blackbird, which is about racism, but the yeah. song is, is it's a bird. Oh, about freedom, you know. <laughs> yes. And then we also got Piggies. Oh. <laughs> and and Children's at this point, music. <laughs> <laughs> but it's political satire oh, and commentary. The one the elites. line at the fucking tail end where it says, oh, clutching forks and knives to eat the... Oh, piggies eating bacon? Oh! Oh! See? That's the commentary about the... Like, you have to fucking squint so hard to say, oh, oh, 1984. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. You're referencing that. Okay, I guess I get it. You know, yeah, see, like it's... Harrison doesn't have a lot of songs on this, but so far I think he's one in one because I really like while my while my guitar gently weeps, mm. but piggies no, and piggies can about, go. It's so overdoes it with the orchestral shit, and I mean, Ugh. you know, especially compared to what the orchestra was used for later. Like the, the moments yeah. on this album where the orchestra feels like it's so overloaded, it kind of feels like, okay, so uh, guys, you had them in here for that bullshit song where like, 
You know, he just had a bunch of animals and shit, like, just going off on the shit and a bunch of, like, telling these assholes to play their instruments upside down or whatever the fuck bullshit. Maybe they should actually, like, play a full song, you know, so it doesn't feel like the studio's wasted the money. And they're like, fine, we'll have them play harpsichord and really, you know, really thick violins all over this shit. You know what I mean? Like, How about Rocky Raccoon? My thoughts going into this track. Hmm. Saw the title track. I was like, oh, hey, the Guardians of the Galaxy character. You know, I wonder why they haven't awkwardly stuffed that song into one of those movies yet. And then I hear how it starts. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that's why. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, What the fuck? Rob Raccoon. Get out of here, here, boys. (laughs) Pack it in. Stop. This is offensive to white southern hillbillies. <laughs> what is this? And here's the thing. The hook is actually pretty nice. Like, it's pretty cool. Rocky Raccoon. Running a Gideon Bible. Like, it's like, sort of like... You have backwoods, you know, Walt Disney, Br'er Rabbit sort of fucking music, you know what I mean? Like, Mr. Todd and Mr. Frog, you know, Ichabod and Mr. Crane, whatever the fuck type of music, you know what I mean? But the thing is, these stories just meander and waste time. And so it's like, that matters. Where the story goes matters, guys. You can't just like, isn't it nice that we just hung out with these people? It's like, no, do something. Because if it, like, they don't fucking care. You know, like, make me care that you brought up these people. Her name was McGill, and she called herself Lil, but everyone knew her as Nancy. I... Everyone should have stopped this fucking album and threw it out of the <laughs> fucking window when that fucking lyric came. Fucking rewrite that shit. That was nothing. That was no, literally see, nothing. Her I name was Miguel, was... but they called her Lil, but everyone called her Nancy. What the fuck does Miguel have to do with Nancy? What? <laughs> I wish you would stop it there, because then you would have prevented the next line, which is arguably even worse. <sighs> now, she and her man... Who called himself Dan? You oh, can't. He called himself. Just him. He was the only one who called himself that. You can't <laughs> do that, man. Man and Dan. Stop. But yeah, I wasn't. I'm not a huge and fan Rocky of this. And Rocky burst in, grinning a grin. Dude, this is awful. <laughs> this is awful. If, if if this was like fourth grade creative writing class, we'd be like, oh no, 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 you can't just use the same word. You have to like actually use different word. But, but you're getting paid millions. <laughs> I think it's interesting how we got a Beastie Beastie Boys, we got a Beach Boys pastiche, and we got a fucking American folk music pastiche. It's all just Paul is sitting there being like, oh, well, I like this. Maybe I should do a song like that. These other people are making really great music. It's just like Paul just trying different shit, and none of it really lands. Like, some do, but not as much as what doesn't. Like, yeah. there's a lot of misses on here. Most of them are Paul's. Why don't we do it in the road is absolute bullshit, faux blues nonsense that <laughs> I am not trying to hear anymore. Like, mm. I'm sorry. It never goes beyond that stupid rock simple, stupid fucking premise. And it's like, why don't we do <laughs> No one will see you. That's why you don't do it in the road. Because I'm the fucking run over you, you fucking stupid asshole. <laughs> 
<laughs> Here's the thing. You know a song is fucking stupid when Weird Al can't even do a parody of the song. Like, what would Weird Al's parody be? Why don't we bang on the railroad tracks? Like, how can you get stupider than the fucking original idea? <laughs> Why don't we do it in the road? Like, get this shit out of my face. And then when I saw the fucking Across the Universe movie where they're trying so hard to put some sort of meaning into these lyrics and it's like, oh, here's the scene with the really, like, intense uh, people who've seen life and they're rocking so, why don't we do it in the road? Yeah, I forgot these, that song was in the movie. Hear these respected musical ve- veterans asking you, why can't we have sex in the middle of the street? Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, get this out of my fucking face. Um, then we, there are a lot of these songs where it's like stuff like I will and long, 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 where it's like, this sounds nice, but I don't care. Where it's just like, it's like, yep, that's really nice, respectable sounding music, I guess. But it didn't really say anything or really mean anything. So, okay. You know, like here's respectable music, I guess. Like, you know, you talk, which one you talking about there? Fucking, uh, cause there's I will and there's Julia. Oh God. Juice, he's nuts in your motherfucking face because I'm so sick of this stupid ass fucking slow ass music. Dude, fuck this song. I don't care that it's dedicated somehow to your mom and your girlfriend whose name is not Julia. <laughs> like, no, it's his, his son's name is Julian. Uh, how many songs is he gonna dedicate to this child and name them different things each time? <laughs> Because this has happened like twice now. Jude. Yeah, yeah Jude. What? If you didn't like your son's name, name him the thing that you wanted to name him. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's your birthday. They say it's your birthday. Well, well it's my birthday too. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? That's so that's such an example of how selfish these guys are. Like, you're making a birthday song, and you can't even, like, fully focus on the person. Yeah, it's your birthday. Well, you know, it's my birthday, too. So, like, let's both celebrate. Like, hey, dude, I thought you were doing this for me. Like, what? <laughs> See, I want to backtrack for just a second. Mm. Because I, I understand, like, John has complex feelings about his mom because she died when she was very, very young. And he didn't really get to have a relationship with her because I think she gave him up for adoption. Yeah, I think she handed him off to her sister, so she never or or her or her mom. I forget exactly. I think she handed him off to her mom, so he was actually raised by his grandmother, but thought his grandmother was his mom. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna write this song, really pour my heart out, and also, oh yeah, I guess it could also be about my son Jill. Okay, yeah, that's bullshit. Like it says, he named his son Julian for his mom. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. I get that. But Julian got such the shit end of the stick that, like, how many songs are allegedly about him just kind of pissed me off even more. Because like, Sean <laughs> is the son he had with Yoko. Uh, <laughs> uh, Julian was John's son with his ex-wife that he doesn't really have anything to do with. So interesting. That's you weird. got songs named after you, but your dad wasn't there, and he's <laughs> like kind of distanced himself. So such a weird dynamic. Like yeah, because the common perception would be that oh, he probably really loves this son, right? Because he's writing so many songs about him. Oh. No. 
No. No, those so are then just the Julian songs went on to have a very short-lived solo career, have a song sound very much like his dad, but never yeah, really make course. money waves. And now Sean's a fucking crypto douchebag. Oh no. Ain't that the way it goes? Yeah, yeah. Nepo so yeah, babies. birthday. Huh? Damn Nepo babies. The Nepo babies do it again. Yeah, so you're not a fan of the song that every fucking radio station uses when they do their rundown Jesus of celebrity Christ. birthdays? This sounds like a bonus track that you're only supposed to hear for people that were in like the fan club. It's like, oh, we just fucked around, made a song. Hey, when it's your birthday, yeah. we'll send this to you. You know, like this does not sound like this is supposed to be on the album. Like this is what I, I mean agree. when I say like, this is the album of the greatest band of all time? What is da, da, da. happening right now? <laughs> okay, how about your blues? What in the fuck? No, not even your blues. Yes, I'm lonely. I want to die. I'm so lonely. I want to die. If I ain't dead already, girl, you know the reason why. Wait, she does? Wait, <laughs> I so don't. if you're not dead, wouldn't you hmm. be dead if she would know the reason? Right, because you want to die, but... But you're not dead, and she knows that. Like, you get what I'm fucking saying? It's like, you very blatantly. It is a confusing said that. lyric, like, I agree. What the fuck do you expect me to think? Like, and, and again, this just imitation blues with no purpose. That's what it is. Mm. If you're gonna rip this shit off, at least let me feel like there's a. That's what it is. It's like, if you're ripping off this shit, but like, oh, but this is an actual story about something, and it's like, oh, well, but he's using that style in order to tell this story, and isn't that cool? Like, you know, like, oh, Crocodile Rockin', da, 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 here's a full story about, hey, going to this place, and da, da, da. Now you're in the, the music sets you in the, you know, the, the bayou, and then the story that's being told is, you know, the actual narrative. But this is just fucking bullshit nonsense. Uh, Mother Nature's Son. I forgot what was next. Jesus Christ. So... This is, like, the most beautiful thing on this album. <laughs> and it's all Paul, too. <laughs> and it, like, this song bursts through the cloud of bullshit randomness. <laughs> and then it's just like, I, and the whole time, here's the thing. I'm so abused and 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 traumatized by the bullshit randomness of what happens before. Anytime I get a track like this, the whole time, I'm just, like, sitting there waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> like, oh, no, is it going to, like, randomly burst into, like, a whole bunch of the sound of hornets and, and, and fucking bees <laughs> and fucking stampeding cattle and fucking the sound of someone shitting on a fucking rug or some shit? I don't know. <laughs> like, it, it, it does kind of do that, though. <laughs> a little bit. Everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey is one of the more wild oh songs on the album. Oh my god, what in the world? You knew you titled the song that, and yet <laughs> at no point does any monkey come up. There's nothing, it's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You brought it, you, you titled it, you put the title, me and my monkey. I want to hear about a fucking monkey. I don't want to hear these vague abstract lyrics of the deeper you go, the higher you fly, and the higher you fly, the deeper you... Are you talking about a flying monkey or some shit? Fucking tell me about the fucking monkey! Don't just tell this stupid ass abstract nonsense bullshit. At least make bullshit nonsense about a monkey. You're like, oh, the, the monkey's whacking off and throwing it at you. Like, you know, like... The song's about Yoko, though. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He must have felt... <laughs> she must have felt real fucking honored that 
it's about she, I wrote monkey. a song about you and now you're my favorite monkey wow <laughs> real love uh, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't like that one actually for how fucking wild it is oh man if it just had like the thing about it is there's just nothing to hold on to the, the thing hmm. about songs like this is like you can be wacky but there has to be some sort of thing that is that's what it is I think that's what it is it's like when it's just wacky the whole time and it's the same thing like when I when you watch a comedian who's just wacky and isn't even trying to do any setups or punchlines. It's just all about trying so hard to flop sweat and make you laugh at everything. Mm. And so it's just about being wacky and scattershot as possible. But you're not laughing after a while because it's like he's not doing any work to set up anything. So if it's all just wacky nonsense, then there's no footing anywhere that you can get. You know what I'm saying? And so it's yeah, like, it's I get all, that. That's what I feel about this writing is like when there's nothing that you can hold on to, then when the abstractness comes, like if it's just happening the whole time, you just feel like you're in the middle of a sludgy river of wacky nonsense. You're like, oh, well, fuck. but like, you know what I'm saying? There needs to be like a way we're on, you know, we're on a little bit of uh, uh, we're on a track here. We're moving here. And oh, there's a little bit of wackiness here. And wait, where are we going there? Oh, but, you know, you're so in control and on the ride that you still can kind of feel it. And you can allow these wacky moments to happen. But with this one, it's just wackiness. And there's absolutely no fucking mm you know, uh, no railroad track. There's no track to be on. So when it, you're just in a sea of wackiness, like, it just feels like there's no goddamn guardrails. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I actually do like Helter Skelter. I think that one still holds up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Helter Skelter's the shit. <laughs> I was going to say, if you didn't at least like Helter Skelter, I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> it was like, look, it's about a fucking, it's about a fucking slide. That said, it's one of the better songs out here because it makes you feel like going down the slide. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. And man, here's the thing. The, the way this fucking track rocks so fucking hard and then it gets to the end and then it does the fucking fade out and then fade back in. The, see, that's the wackiness that I kind of like. <laughs> that it's like, we've we've enjoyed, you know, this solid track that actually rocked pretty hard and then doing this thing where it's like, well, this is fading out and then coming back in and then it's like, oh, fuck it. All right, now we're at the end of the track and then Ringo Starr just like, you you can, because you can hear this whole time. He's been hitting that fucking snare, that fucking oh percussion real fucking hard. So when you hear it at the end, it's like, I got blisters on my finger. It's like, holy shit. You it's believe like, that shit. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, you know, like on the track, you know, it's such a great line because it's like, you can clearly tell it's because he's been forced to do a bunch of takes and is pissed off. And like, maybe <laughs> if you actually know, like, that's the real reason. But out of context, if you're just hearing the song, like, casually, it sounds like we're rocking so fucking hard. And I'm so into this that by the end, I was like, whoa, I'm so enjoying this so much that I'm like, I can't believe it. I got blisters on my fingers. Like, you know. <laughs> Like, isn't it funny how that's been misinterpreted? Like, because you hear people, like, whenever someone's, like, at the end of the song, they rock really hard. They're like, ah, I got blisters on these fingers. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be, you know, it's been interpreted as a, I'm rocking so hard. Look what happened. But the original quote is basically being like, I'm so fucking pissed off and tired. Look, dude, I can't do this anymore. Like, yeah. It reminds me of the, you know, the Elvis has left the building quote. You know, where it's like, yeah, that quote is supposed to be like, oh, you know, this guy's out of here guys like that oh the big fancy line that you say to, to to punctuate that he's left but you know in the original context it was like guys please stop asking for an encore elvis has left the building like he's not here yeah 
go home. <laughs> he was just trying to get the crowd to disperse, you know, like it wasn't supposed to be a hot catchphrase. You know? <laughs> now, I don't really have anything to say about it, but I, I like the cool down of long, long, long that follows Helter Skelter. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get it in that sense. Revolution one is an, is an interesting start to side four. Not the revolution that most people are probably familiar with, which is like the more straightforward, faster, kind of little like harder rocking song. This is the it's basically a demo, like an early okay. take of that isn't, song. Isn't there another version of this song? Yeah, because yeah. I, I'm used to the version where they were we're, like, I was like, I can swear there's a more upbeat version in the vocals. That sounds like faster BPM and, you know, the high crackling oh, yeah. black voice no, thing, you know? Yeah, All yeah. Right. Why is that one not on here? Because that one is clearly better. Like, I they haven't this... recorded it yet. Are you serious? Well, no. Oh, come on. Because I was thinking, because he says take two, and I was thinking, oh, did they, like, do the first one, and this one's, like, the second one? Because I was like, fuck, I like the energy of that one so much more. Like, I would give I would give this one a four, but I would give the other one a five for how, like... Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's so much more fun with this one. It's just, like... It, it it just feels so much more down note, you know? Yeah, the other one ends up just being a B-side to Hey Jude. It's not even an album single. That's it's insane! Yeah. Um, so what we get, if you mm. listen to the the super deluxe version on on Spotify, that's like a whole bunch of extra material and a whole bunch of outtakes and demos, there's a 10-minute version of this song mm. that... Well, you basically only get the first four minutes. And then it fades out, I think. But in the ten-minute version, it just kind of falls apart into this weird kind of, like, hectic jam. Huh. And Lennon is just screaming. He's just screaming, Oh, right! 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 And he's just screaming over it. He's oh, making all a, these it's weird... it's a metaphor about how uh, revolutions can often uh, lose their ways ideologically and become... Of a... course! <laughs> yeah. And he's just he's just making noises after a while. And at the 10-minute mark, it just kind of ends. But what they planned for was one 20-minute long song that starts with Revolution 1... Goes for 10 minutes. Then Revolution 9 is the second half of it. Hmm. But instead, what we get is... Revolution 1 plays like you hear it. Then Revolution 9 takes clips of John from the second half of Revolution 1, where he's just ad-libbing, and splices it over... Classical loops and yeah, random noises. I would love to see the person who was editing this. Like, while they were... Like, did, like was this just a one-shot take thing? Or or did they, like, actually... Like, no, we, and now we have the chickens coming out of this part, and then we have the, uh, the, the, the instrumentalists playing their instruments upside down at this part, and, uh, you know, like, what the fuck? What, what I read was that... Um, John, George had already come out with a solo record and mm. he kind of had some experimental stuff on there and he was interested in the idea of tape looping mm. and John liked it too and Yoko was a fan obviously because they too had also kind of done some experimental stuff in their um, 
the the first couple uh, solo albums John released are just like yeah, it's they, us just they, having dinner and you're it's recording us just having dinner or some dumb shit like that, right? Yeah, but there's also like a there's a song of like tape loops too. So basically, oh, it's George, John, and Yoko. <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's fucking mixtapes. Uh, like, yo, check out yeah. these sick loops I made. <laughs> John, George, and Yoko just came together and just made Revolution 9 with very little involvement from the other two. But everyone else was like, kind of like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, we were able to get our bullshit on there. Why not just fucking go, you know, hog wild, I guess. Can I just say this? The original Revolution, like, I feel like it's possibly one of the best written songs on the whole fucking album. Oh, for sure. Because it's the one of the few songs that has a consistent point to it where yeah. like because as I listen to it, I actually think he makes a really good point. Like the, the general idea is that like, hey, you know, you want a revolution and I get that, you know, everyone wants to change the world. But hey, you know, if you take things too far in the wrong direction in the name of a righteous cause, you know, that, that, that I'm not with that. Like, uh, you know, I, I like that. Like, it's a sort of the road to hell is paid with good intentions. And, you know, you, you don't get to just, you know, do whatever just because you well, you just believe it's the right thing. So we're allowed to do yeah. that, you know. So like I, that's a the most mature message on this whole fucking album and i'm like yo where like that's so measured and like pensive and just like where was this the entire album it really feels like and it's wild that it's 30 songs in total because it feels (laughs) like they had a few that they really wanted to do and then everything else is just kind of filler yeah, like but I there's said, so much filler. Like, I, why this much? I feel like we're listening. I feel like these discographies came out like in a parallel sideways universe and we're listening to them the wrong way. Like the, the wacky songs were supposed to be on one album. The, uh, the, the 60s hippie songs were supposed to be on one album. And, and someone just fucked up the timeline. <laughs> yeah. Just jumbled them all together because it doesn't make sense. Because I hear like. Like I said, there are great albums in these albums, <laughs> but yeah. I can't act like I can't act like, uh, you know, half the shit is not that I'm not hearing the shit that I'm hearing. My, oh my. my take growing up and I, I think it's changed slightly that you could get one really good album out of the white album, like out of mm. the two. Mm. It, it is essentially like half of it's really good half of it's what is this doing here and ultimately that did eventually reflect in in my scoring but before we get there Mm -hmm. um honey pie is the worst um (laughs) all i have written down is boo throw tomatoes at this man because that's what i pictured is just like vaudeville paul mccartney dumb song and people are just like shut up do actual rock just pelting him with vegetables um but we also got Savoy Truffle on here. Okay. Um, what did you, know, you think of this one? Look, I, I like I like a food song, all right? But if I don't know <laughs> what the fuck food you're talking about half the time, I'm like, I can't get into it. Cream tangerine and a Montelamar and a ginger sling with a pineapple heart. Coffee dessert. Like, I don't know what these are. <laughs> so did you read what this is about? Okay. Well, when I looked it up, it's like, because it's like you're listening to it. And again, I'm like, I'm kind of doing this thing. It's like, I don't need to necessarily know exactly what every single line is about. But the idea is that like, 
the way I do it is like, if I'm listening to the song and I can enjoy it without having to think about it, then it's fine. But if I keep having the moment where I'm like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? I'm not going to act like I'm not feeling that way, right? So, yeah, yeah. like with this, I hear, you know, it's just like, a, you know, coffee, dessert. Yes, you know, it's good news, all this sort of stuff. But you'll have to have them all pulled out after the Savoy truffle. And I'm like, wait, what? You have to have them all pulled out? And, you know, I'm trying to go by sentence structure. By going like, oh, you'll yeah. have to have them all pulled out. Uh, what pulled out? Uh, have them. Well, he was referring to all of these things before. Well, you have to have all of these delicious desserts pulled out after the <laughs> Savoy truffle. Like, is that what he means? Well, oh, no. They said, oh, what he means is you'll have to have all your teeth pulled out after the Savoy truffle. <laughs> How the fuck was I supposed to guess that? He in nowhere mentions teeth. Like, what? If, I guess if you're aware of the chocolates in the Good News collection, then you would know that you're talking oh, about the teeth. Oh, it's a fucking oh, that was that was a reference. Yeah, it's it's like it's like a Whitman sampler, but it's good <laughs> news. Oh, you gotta get your Ferrara Richard on or whatever the fuck. Yes. <laughs> so essentially, racist asshole Eric Clapton oh, no. in the late '60s was addicted to these chocolates, and they wrote the song about him as a little joke. Wow. Oh man! So yeah. it's, it's about how he he likes he enjoys the things that you know <laughs> Brown gives him, but doesn't actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he he likes the brown chocolates, but he wants the brown people pulled out of his country instead of oh, his teeth. No. Uh, oh no! He's got to have them all pulled out after the Savoy trouble. <laughs> Oh, no. No! Uh, Cry Baby Cry, I didn't really have anything to say about that yeah, one. Yeah, that was just boring. Uh, the, um, one, the one thing I wrote was that, like, hey, it's that They Might Be Giants 90s pirate synth noise. <laughs> it, yeah, it had that really weird switch up for the yeah, outro. Yeah, that that was like, what's this? That little synth, you know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah! I feel like I hear it on, like, whenever they're playing, like, Spongebob music in, like, a video game. Spongebob, you know, it's that type of synth. There were a couple instances on this album where I was like, are they fucking fucking around with synths on this? Like, yeah. that's interesting. Not nearly enough. Okay, um, so now we get to the final two tracks. Oh, yeah. Revolution number nine is on on this show. I feel iconic for being the very first song that I've given a negative one to. Ooh. Uh, as in, like... Bitch, nobody needs to hear this. Nobody wants to hear this. This isn't this isn't actually made for ears to you know what I mean? This isn't even like, oh, this is so bad. Like, no. This is specifically designed to say, we're the biggest band in the world and we can do this. You know, like this is well, what I mean first by of all, it's, it's the meta, you know, thing of like, what can you believe we're the biggest band in the world and we can do some bullshit like this? You know what I mean? Like I'm not disagreeing with you, but I do, however, have to take issue. There's mm. no way this is the first one. The first there one. There has what? to have been one that got a negative one before. Uh oh. If you look back, there has to have been. Oh, actually, you're right. You're right. Maybe I think on that what you call it album, the Sesame Street Muppets or whatever the fuck. The Sesame Street Gangsters. Yeah. So Sesame Street Gangsters and the Beatles have the. 
to wow. his honor of having negative one stars where it's just like this isn't for anybody and we you, by the patent way that it's created you know it's not for anybody that no one's supposed to be listening to this and fucking tapping their foot it's supposed to be what the fuck is this that's the reaction you're supposed to have when you hear it right you know now here's the thing you know i, I was like um oh yeah this is the note that i wrote it's like you know when i imagined you know the thing that you imagine you know the fucking uh dewey cox story uh the part where he's all coked out and then there's a whole bunch of musicians and animals in the fucking recording booth and you know what i mean you, you kind of expect it to actually come together in a crazy way like oh here's this really big song that has this really grand chorus and this beautiful you know what i mean like that's what you're kind of expecting and then when you're just like oh, it's just this. It's just a bunch of fucking chaos. Just like, it's exactly what you thought it would turn out to be. It's not like a, oh man, this is going to be a really big thing, but they're going to pull it together. They're going to figure out how to make, you know, orchestrate all of these voices and sounds and make it so that it really makes sense when you hear it. Like, nope, nope, there, there wasn't a big master plan. It was just as rambunctious and stupid and overproduced and overdone as it seemed like it was going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was just purposely trying to <laughs> replicate what they thought a revolution would sound like in sound. Like, the, the chaos, try to replicate what they envisioned a revolution would sound like because it's like at the tail end you hear like some people sounding like they're protesting and it's like okay you're trying to do some fucking koyana scotsy <laughs> shit where it's like oh we're just showing yeah yeah all around the world of things happening but like that would be nice if it actually sounded like that if it was like oh there's like news clippings of like you know protests breaking out over here that's what i mean like they didn't actually have the balls to actually make it sound like that you know what well, i mean no Especially not, especially because the sounds aren't protesting at all, but it's clips of an audience at a soccer game yelling, hold that line, block that kick. Okay, see, I thought that was it, because I was like, wait, what is actually being said here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know it, it, was it wasn't protesters. It's, it, uh, again, uh, it's just faux, faux, faux shit. Like, faux on top it's just, of faux. What do we have access to in the recording library that we can use that we don't yeah. actually have to record anything new exactly. What do we got at our at our um, at our fingertips that we could throw in here? I used to absolutely hate this song a a as a kid, and it used to scare the shit out of me, quite frankly. Hmm. And it like when I was really really little and I was listening to the Beatles, it was like the early '60s stuff, like the bubblegum pop type shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was into because, like, oh yeah, you know, it's sing songy. The songs are like two minutes. And, and you're like, this, this is all the Beatles are: fun, sunshiny, happy stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of turn a blind eye to the later stuff because it's more serious, it's more druggy, you know. So when I finally checked out the White Album, it was like, wow, this is like the Beatles at like their most mature and weird. And when I heard that, it was just like. It fucking scarred me. Like, seriously. <laughs> well, I, like, I get, like, this song was traumatic as a kid. I feel like when you're a kid, right, there's always a, a big sense of, like, you know, you're you're relying on the adults around you to tell you that there is security and that things are okay. <laughs> and so when you're hearing this song where it's just chaos, you're just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to think. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you literally have no idea what any of the sounds even are. Like... What's going on in this? So yeah, um, 
like, is this what it sounds who... like when I die? Like, <laughs> I hate to say it, and I hate to sound like, I don't know what I would even sound like. I guess a hipster more than anything. Oh, uh, but you someone... like it. You have an affection for it because of that, don't you? You son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I do kind of like it now. Oh, um, you softy. <laughs> You've gone soft on me, Muse. <laughs> You've gone soft in overcoming that trauma. <laughs> That you've now been able to embrace this thing that scared you at, at a young age that you <laughs> no. can now listen to it the whole way through and just kind of be like appreciating certain aspects of it. No, I totally get that in the sense of like, I remember as a kid being freaked out by the Clint Eastwood video and the, what was that oh. one video, Hellbent by that one group? Uh, Hellbent. It was like claymation. It would look really weird. And it's about, it was like in this dark gray world where this guy is like really like creepy, creepy looking and then he finds like a happiness thing and it's like inside him or something like that and so it looks really creepy because it's like oh if you look in there it's all bright and shiny but outside it's all dark and grim uh, what is that toonami used to have this thing where they'd show like oh we're giving a it's like late night block for animated music videos and I remember it would be like a whole bunch of videos where, of course, because I'm a kid, I'm like, yeah, let's stay up late and watch music videos. And then the, all the music videos are like creepy. And you're like, uh, but I, I don't want to stop watching because I'm, you know, intrigued, oh, but I'm freaked out. I found it. Yeah, this is creepy. I don't know how I feel about this. Right. You, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't have liked this either. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this the full way through. I've seen clips of it, though, at least. I, I'm, 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 I was aware shit, right? of this. Oh, my God. Huh? It's fucking creepy as shit, right? Yeah, where it's like this guy opens up his stomach and there's a TV in it. It's like, what the fuck is happening? It's just the way the faces look, the amorphous faces, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. And in working in Ugh. this dark world factory where the guy's like, work, work. It's one of those things where you're like, yeah. you're trying to freak me out on purpose, music video people. <laughs> oh, but then everything gets all bright and he fucking... Oh, yeah, that's right. And But then he finds a way... To monetize to... the happiness, you see. Yeah, oh. oh, oh. It, it's a metaphor. How heartbreaking. See, now, now here's my thing. Like, as an adult, you know, I can appreciate that now. Because, like, as a kid, well, that just, that was just imagery that freaked me out. But as an adult, like, oh, I can see an artist who is trying to make a statement. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can't do that with a lot of these Beatles songs. I can't go like, oh, well, when you're younger, you don't get it. But when you're an adult, there's more that's going on. It's like, you know, when you're younger, it may have not made sense. But as you grow up, no, it still didn't make sense. But, you know, because <laughs> you were a kid, you just didn't question it as much. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then we just end with what good night in the world. <laughs> we, we, this fucking nineteen thirties musical fucking. I, I just want to look at the Beatles and just like cut them off and just run into the studio. Just come with music and be like, guys, you're a rock band. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Oh, they wanted to record a nice lullaby at the end of the album. You can't what? fault them for that. And it's so weird at the tail end where it just sounds so earnest. Where it's like, all right, good night, everyone. All right, good night. I'm going to kiss you on the forehead before you go to sleep. Like, it's like, what the fuck? Are you actually, like, trying to, 
like uh, all of my fans put this song on before you go to bed like like was this uh, is this album supposed to be you know a little night music before we go to bed is that what this is like because you did not none of these songs really set that up like this may be like the blackbird song that, that was a nice lullaby song but I, I don't know how i was supposed to feel like going to sleep with the fucking revolutionary song that just happened like what the fuck was that oh guys i know i just fucking freaked you the fuck out and it sounded like fucking hell and a holocaust just happened but time to go to sleep like what the fuck what are you yeah, the talk, way they talk follow about revolution tone, with like, this it's so fucking jarring <laughs> it's, it's so saccharine and sweet we're just like i don't get it good night good sleep. it's like oh this is very very sweet i don't know what this is doing here though what is this, what is this? sondheim musical number doing here it's like if you wouldn't have experienced this if you're listening to the record or the CDs because it's separate, but listening on Spotify, going from Julia to birthday is also very jarring. Because <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, you know, it says, uh, Lennon told me he wanted to write a song about his mother. He said, Donovan, you're the king of writing children's songs. Can you help me? I want to write a song about the childhood that I never really had with my mother. He asked me to help him with the imagery, with the images that he could use in lyrics for a song about the subject. So I said, well, when you think of the song, where do you imagine yourself? And John said, I'm at the beach and I'm holding hands with my mother and we're walking together. And I helped him with a couple lines, seashell eyes, windy smile for the Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland feel that John loved so much. It's like what the hell? No, so, you can't do that. Yeah, and so you got a, a, a children's songwriter. Uh, so that fucking that, that fucking explains it. <laughs> yeah, essentially. They weren't trying to make songs for babies. God now, damn it! The this would be like truth. the Wiggles was like, hey, we want to get a little weird abstract every now and then. <laughs> It's like, and, and fucking music critics in the 2000s were like, yo, this shit's fucking brilliant. Yo, I know you don't want to give the Wiggles a shot, but yo, bro, give that Wiggles a fucking it. play, bro. Like, that shit got a 10 out of 10 on Pitchfork, bro. Like, those critics know what they're talking about. I'd love to see if the Wiggles went weird and experimental and avant-garde. <laughs> like, honestly, as I'm saying that, I'm like, I feel like I'm just describing they might be giants, but with they might be oh, giants. Oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. They make that work for the most part. Like I said, again, we have our criticisms. Oh, sure. For like one or two of the songs where it kind of doesn't feel like it sticks. But for the most part, when you listen to a They Might Be Giants song, like even when it gets to weird abstract places, you're still kind of along for the ride because they do a good job of like engrossing you in the world enough where you don't yeah. question it. With this, it, it is. Yeah, they're, they're just so it's so clear that they're throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks, you know. And so when you get to this big puffy song at the end, you're just like. Okay, I guess this is really well done, but I don't want to hear this. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, what'd you get? I give it a two out of five. I got a three and a half. Uh, I'm honestly surprised that it's as high as it was. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah. I had such a rough experience where it's like, again, even the songs I like are like infuriating because it's like I only really have like them. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like I said, about half the album is good. The other half is mid to bad. Yeah, <laughs> so. and I'm just sitting here like, is this what we're 
this is what we're getting uh, visionary directors to remaster old footage for to for, because of the legacy of this like what yeah shit yeah. let me get in the studio and make some bullshit children's songs someone call <laughs> me a legend oh, let me throw out a fucking british voice and i'll be respectable yeah. i'm sorry oh. i just <laughs> it's, it's so just like really this is what, what? <laughs> So if if there's any chance that anyone, Dr. Goatman or anyone, <laughs> would actually want to request another Beatles album for whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, take your pick. But I feel like shooting your shot with Abbey Road followed by the White Album. Dude, uh, that's a weird place to start. Ones. Someone's going to be like, yeah, listen to those fucking 50s black and white songs for, for 40 minutes. Listen to With the Beatles now. See what oh you think God. of this one. <laughs> It's like, whoa, okay. The weird culture shock of, like, half the album aren't even originals. They're, like, covers. So I was like, oh, geez. Yeah, half of the songs are, like, the same cover but in a different language because they were trying to, you know, sell to Brazil or some shit. <laughs> you got to listen to the German version. Yeah. <laughs> it's a totally different vibe. Like, Oh, yeah. You know, honestly, if they really did that, though, like, if it, like, because, you know, Revolution, the first one, is different from the one that I like. You know, like, if they actually yeah. did it where it's like they actually changed up the styles for each different one, that actually might be kind of worth it. But yeah. But I, I, but, I doubt but it. But that about does it for this week's episode. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, thank you very much for spending your time and listening to our show. If this. I haven't said this in a minute, but if this happens to be the first time you've listened to our show, almost all of our old episodes are on Spotify and YouTube. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm currently working to try to get some of the old episodes re-edited, getting all the boring and uh, potentially problematic stuff mm. out of them to update them for a 2023 audience. And if you have an album that you want to request for a future episode of the show, head on over to our Kofi. That is ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. Yeah, oh my God. Uh, we like the Looney Tunes, but we have like, you know, in the vault stuff like, oh, now this was during a certain time. Uh. <laughs> uh, see, that's why I don't just put them up there as is. You know, we don't have the Whoopi Goldberg intro standing up there explaining like the beginning of the Little Rascals. You like, know hey, you know, you know, it's so funny. Us, we we probably clowned on those cartoons and forty. Can you imagine all uh, those people uh, to possibly have uh, controversial, uh, uh, you know, entertainment uh, <laughs> ideas that they pushed across in there and their art? <laughs> that couldn't be us. <laughs> no, not at all. Never. <sighs> oh man we grew up a lot is all i'm saying <laughs> but um where was i going oh you're, you're also going to want to follow us on twitter and instagram and tiktok and all those other places where we put um other content that's right out there oh yeah for uh on my end uh patreon.com slash rap critic if you want to support me uh the movie podcast that i do as well as uh getting episodes early as well as join the rap critic uh patreon discord or Going to Kofi.com slash rap critic for all the requests that aren't album requests, uh, like uh, song uh, song review requests, uh, movie requests, or uh, music stream requests. You know, you can request best of a certain artist or, uh, you know, uh, well, best of an artist. I think that, yeah, those are the main two things I do, like best of an artist or like an album request. So, yeah, get with it. Act like you want it. Um, and if that's all we've got to say, uh, let's, let's wrap this puppy up because we've been going for a minute. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is almost a three-hour-long recording. I have no idea how long the episode oh, is going to be, but it's probably going to be a doozy anyway. But until <laughs> next time for Going Off, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And slow them up, speed it up, slow it up, speed it up. Audience, speed us requests, going off, eat them up, speed them up, slow them up, speed them up, slow them up. Brain sick, tick, tick, going off, blow it up. <laughs>